check it out. Un-territory. Ain't nobody been there. You understand? Undiscovered. So call somebody and tell somebody. There's a new day, and there's also a new sheriff in the town. A lot of things will be exposed real soon. Love you. Be good. promoters welcome back to the uncharted territory podcast this is episode 108 and we are very glad to be back with you once again we are all here tonight present and accounted for i'm Corey olson i'll be uh, hosting our discussion tonight uh, we don't have a lot of discussion as uh, the main topic here was pre-recorded we'll get to that in a little bit here uh, but as we speak to you weather here in the twin cities maplewood area we got snow. It's our first first big snow of the season. Not even that big, but first measurable snowstorm. Started snowing uh, Monday morning about 5.30. And as we talked to you on Tuesday, snowed a little bit tonight yet. Uh, even a little bit of rain mixed in, made driving a little bit slower than usual. But thankfully, everybody's safe. And uh, we'll see how long this snow sticks around. But got to bring out the shovels and the salt for the driveway and everything else. So the, the, the winter is officially here. We had an extended autumn, uh, but doesn't look like we'll have any autumnal days for a while. All right, let's see who else is on the call here. Why don't we head to Buffalo, New York and Tim Dalton. Tim, what's going on in Buffalo? Well, I'll tell you, Corey, you know, five days ago, it was 70 degrees and I was playing park golf. Uh, today, it's a high of 40 degrees and we have a lake effect snowstorm coming in two days so uh, we, we've already? gone from already yeah and, and i'm worried oh. because we've had such a, a warm november that if the lake doesn't freeze we're going to have lake effect snow all all uh, all winter long ouch yeah so yeah i saw that and I actually i think uh tomorrow night i think like down south like by jamestown is going to get hit with lake effect and then then it kind of creeps up uh, our our way on on thursday so um Holy cow! What a what a change five days makes. Uh, right, right. You know, I was wearing I I, I was in shorts and playing park. <laughs> although I've seen people like snow blowing their driveways in shorts here. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's Buffalo. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, five days ago I'm it's seventy and I'm playing park golf, and today I'm you know bundled up in indoors. So, uh, <laughs> bit of bit of a change. Yeah, I'll say so. Yeah, you see that here in Minnesota too. People shoveling or snow blowing in shorts and. Yeah, sweat. And, uh, they'll, they'll have like a hoodie and in, in, in shorts on. Right, right. Yep, yep. And then, of course, my students will come to school in shorts in, in the winter and complain it's cold in the school building, but, you know, whatever. All right. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, Stu Lowry in Virginia. How is the weather and everything else over there? 
Well, the weather was about as dreary as you could uh, as you could ever imagine. It was uh, cold, about thirty-seven degrees, lots of rain, pretty melancholy day. And actually, it's been it's been a pretty pretty tough sledding in uh, Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, there was a shooting on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, I should say. Uh, three football players were killed and uh, two were wounded. And it's been really tough stuff uh, in Charlottesville. So keep all those. Those folks in your thoughts and prayers, it was a really devastating blow to a relatively small community. So the day kind of uh, fit the mood, as it were. So happy to be on here amongst friends and uh, just get uh, thoughts off of that incident because it's been pretty tough to take or pretty tough to watch around here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you're safe, Stu, and I'm so sorry to hear that for the community. Definitely keep them in our thoughts and prayers. All right, Chad Olson down in Gilbert, Iowa, my big brother. How are you tonight? I'm cold. I'm a little under the weather. And I drove through flurries an hour each way to see Carter Olson pick up two more victories. Hey! Moved to 6-0. and Wow. He got a 15-0 tech fall midway through the second period, and then he got a pin in the first period. So good Excellent. for Carter. Very good. What uh, what weight class is Carter wrestling these days? Carter's wrestling at the uh, he's he's weighing in at eighty nine pounds. The middle school oh. wrestling around here they don't they don't uh, weigh you before they just weigh you once at the beginning of the season. Okay. So I think uh, the kid he wrestled was ninety pounds, or mm-hmm. and the other was probably the one kid was like kind of shorter than him, but he was pretty stocky. He was kind of a little mm-hmm. fire plug guy. That's the guy he tech followed. Kudos to him because Carter took him down and turned him. Uh, four times in the first period and couldn't keep him down. So it was 10 all. And then Carter took a neutral to start the second period, took the guy down and turned him again, got, got a three point near fall on him. And that, that wrapped up the match. So nice. Yep. And I guess uh, since we, I wasn't on last week, was I, I wasn't on last week. Was I No, I was coming home from, was I on? You were, yeah, you were. Oh, oh yeah. I jeered. We recorded on Wednesday. So oh, yeah, here's our special, special guest. guest. I forgot, dude. I don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't feel good. So last Where was Friday, he living last Friday again? night, he uh, picked up two pinfalls, two pin victories, and uh, so yeah, he said, "Hold on, let me count: four pins, a tech fall, and a 10-6 decision." So he's doing very good. I'm very proud of him. We awesome. need to do a card for that guy. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna start doing some group watches because it's better than anything else we see. That's true. That's true. Well, very good. Congratulations to Carter. Keep up the great work. And uh, definitely awesome to hear about all his uh, achievements, all his wins. Well, in the uh, the latest news from Phil Singer Games, uh, we had not one, but two names announced this past Friday night for the Legends Expansion 10 set coming in December, which, of course, as we know, will be a Northeast theme set. And those two, count them, two names our former WWF Tag Team Champions, Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saido. Uh, the drawings done by Warner are one of those where the tag team is kind of combined into one drawing, really makes for a, a cool look. And uh, Chad, you did the uh, the work here on the, on the stats for Fuji and Saido. Uh, any any thoughts on these two? Yeah, I mean, the, the Fuji stats, I, I did a lot of lifting from that first Fuji card because it was pretty similar. Um, Saito, we're, we're making a little more tag oriented guy. Um, but never fear, fans, we do have a plan. Like, uh, like the what's the guy's name in the 18? Hannibal. Hannibal was the leader, Hannibal. yeah. Yeah, I love it when a plan comes together. So, there you go. So, never fear. 
Um, and actually, right now, I have Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito against Andre the Giant and Rick McGraw uh, playing. It's a look for, you know, any more Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito moves, and they're being at their dastardly best. And uh, it was kind of funny because Andre just stepped on the bottom rope and leaned in for the tag. And the referee told him, no, Andre the Giant, you got to have your feet on the floor. Oh, oh Andre's got the tag rope and anything. And Mr. Fuji's clamping on a front face lock, which I have on the card. So, which, which boy wasn't weren't those the great days when the refs used to enforce the rules and stuff yeah, that was, that was really cool. admonish people mm-hmm. yep yep especially in tag matches good to see they're they're abiding by the the handbook tag team rules oh man oh we've oh there's that trapezius claw we spoke uh, of earlier tonight fellas oh yes, this is yes good stuff no i'm excited to have them i think people like them they'll fit in well with a lot of the folks we have in in this set and in other sets mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Um, Stu, any thoughts on Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito? Not a ton. I'm I'm glad to have them. I think I think they're they can be fun as singles competitors too. So, uh, but as a team, they're a lot of fun. They just were a a very fun heel tag team of their day. Uh, did a lot of devious things in the ring, uh, and just could incite crowds. Uh, had a, a particular talent for inciting the hatred of their of the fans, and I, I think that they are a great addition in color. I, as black and white, I use them. I'm pretty sure I want a tag team. I want a tag. They want a tag team title in my Fed uh, for me. They certainly will be able to contend for that, but they'll also be just good good storyline tag team for you if you want to use them uh, in some feuds. I think you're going to have ample opportunity to do so. So a great addition to the game. I like the drawings as well. Excellent. Yeah, they did very well in my USWA. They uh, held the record for most defenses of the World Tag Team titles. They tied tied for that along with uh, Nick Bockle and Ray Stevens, one of their um, reigns as as under their black and white cards. Uh, so I'll, I'll you know most likely bring them back as a team at some point. I think Chad has done a really good job, as he said. You know, Fuji's card especially um, not as many changes from the black and white. Uh, but that's not needed, you know. It's just it was a good card right away, and so just a few a few good tweaks. So I think people will like what uh, what we have on this new version. Uh, Tim, you would have seen the most of Fuji and Saito in their in their active prime time. Uh, what are your thoughts on the and them being a part of this expansion ten set? Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to have them in there. I think they really fit with the theme well. I thought Chad did a great job on the card. Uh, you know, the card stats for both of them. Um, yeah, I think, I think they'll fit in. I think people are going to have fun using them for sure. And I, I think they both can work in, in singles as well. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Chad did a good job of making them good, good balance for singles and for tag. And Chad kind of alluded to this uh, in, in his speech there, but, um, as we're recording tonight, uh, before we recorded this segment, we actually recorded additional audio for release at a future date. Um, one of our popular types of shows that a lot of promoters enjoy. We did a discussion of all of the, well, almost all of the stats uh, for the Expansion 10 set, uh, the special edition cards, at least one of them, and the Promoter Prime Quarter 4 cards. We went through all the cards, all the stats. I'd say we are maybe about 95% done if I had to make up a number. Um, we're at a very good spot here, just about ready to, to wrap this puppy up and send them off to Fed HQ and uh, get the next step going and uh, getting your holiday releases promoters. Well, just before we started our recording tonight, uh, we received some audio sent in by longtime promoter, faithful friend, and all-around good human being, Pete Beck, a.k.a. Death Knight 2. So let's take a listen to what Pete had to say. 
Good evening, Uncharted Territories podcast crew. This is Pete Beck, your favorite, sometimes special guest promoter. Um, I just had to, to say two things. Number one, Stu, thanks for the shout out. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored that you thought that I could be a special guest on the show. Um, even though, just whenever, if whenever I'm there, I'm just, just me. Nothing special about this guy, Pete Beck. Just, I'm just Pete, um, or the other Pete, not the Pete Fusco guy, the DK2 guy, which I think everybody knows, anyways. But uh, I digress. Number two, the other thing that I gotta say is, hey Corey, I thought we talk annually about not like inhaling spicy foods. Um, you seem to have not learned your lesson on uh, on episode 107. It sounded like you may have choked back uh, some spicy fajitas. Yeah. Memories, memories. They they don't last as long as they they should, uh, but maybe you'll you'll keep it in mind next time before you go stuffing some hot food down your throat. All right, Pete. Thank you for sending in. I love to hear your commentary, your observations of, of previous episodes. Um, for those who don't know the full story, uh, when I was uh, attending my first Galacticon, uh, nineteen ninety five, fourteen uh, year old Corey, we went to. I can, did Chad or Tim, do you remember the name of this place? I just remember it was the Italian American Mexican restaurant was the description. Did it have a name? One time, wasn't it called Nana's Soul Food or something? Yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, I think you could be right there. Yeah. I, I But they, but that was the, the, the big signage was yeah, that. Right. There, there, yes. was, there wasn't a lot of, you know, this is actually the name of the restaurant. Right. Yeah, they, a lot they, of authenticity. It, yeah, just had the, the three ethnicities up there on, on, on the wall or on the overhang and um, well, but yeah, so we're, we're here, we are in, in Jamestown, New York, and we are going to get some pizza and some sandwiches. And, and of course we were having Buffalo wings and, and, you know, I, you know, coming from Ohio at the time, you know, I maybe had some chicken wings of, of some type at some, some place, but, you know, I never really had some good, authentic Western New York Buffalo wings. And, um, you know, even though we weren't in Buffalo, we were, we were close. And uh, so we get these wings and they looked very hot. You could even see like the pepper seeds mixed into the sauce on the chicken. And, and I'm getting a little nervous here, but uh, Pete, Pete back tells me now, whatever you do, don't breathe in when you go to eat the chicken wings. And I think, okay, now I didn't mean to do this, but I stuck the wing in my mouth and I accidentally breathed in and it led to a big coughing fit. So that that's what Pete's referencing. And just about every year on my birthday, he reminds me not to inhale on the chicken wings. So Pete has been very faithful looking out for me in my, my wing consumption and uh, not choking on, on spicy food. So thank you, Pete. And you, not to be that. political, but you should be like Bill Hint Clinton because he didn't inhale. Yeah. He never uh-huh. inhaled. I was, oh, I was thinking the same thing. Blast from the past, suckers. Nice, nice. Fits the time frame of the story too. Excellent. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so, well, thank you, Pete, for adding to this show. Well, tonight's main event is uh, some pre-recorded audio that Chad, as well as Sam Fain from Roll Up, the official podcast of Fills in Your Games, recorded. And of course, this took place this past weekend at the big, long-awaited River City Rumble in Clinton, Iowa. No, just oh. River Rumble. River and Rumble. I never called it River City Rumble. Well, in the audio, you did. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, the River Rumble in Clinton, Iowa. Uh, we've got a good amount of, pod, uh, of content here, about an hour and a half worth of audio from Chad, Sam, Grandpa Choco at the Solo Promoter YouTube channel, uh, Barry Walsh, aka Malice Lover on the board, and uh, Michael Brada. So uh, we're going to listen to their little roundtable here. We called it the River Rumble Roundtable. And, uh, and, and Chad likes his alliteration. So Very good alliteration. Yeah. I do. Yeah. 
So uh, sit back, promoters, and enjoy the River Rumble Roundtable. All right, so tonight our main event, we're at the uh, River City Rumble in Clinton, Iowa, at the lovely, historic, plush, lavish, frontier, quality in, lack of quality in on Highway 30. And we're having a good time here. We have Barry Walsh, we have Michael Brada, we have Grant Pachoco, and Sam Fain, and we are having a good time today. We're about halfway through the event, rolled out some matches, did some tournaments, but uh, aside from this... Questionable place for stay, staying in, gentlemen. What do you think, Grant? You came here. You came from California, Iowa, and now you have snow. I did. I was. Um, I missed Galacticon and I missed the Hall of Fame, and uh, I had a sort of a busy fall. And then this came up. You announced this, and I was like, okay, I missed those other two. I'm not missing this. So uh, made the plans and, and came on out here and brought the snow with me. Apparently, yes. <laughs> Yes, Grant, Grant brought the both the funk and the snow in California. <laughs> uh, all right, Barry, what do you think? You've been here now for a, a day or so. You and your lovely wife, Melissa, got here, right? And yeah. you've survived so far? I, I think so. I, don't, I haven't seen my wife in a while. Uh-oh. She's shopping, so who, <laughs> who knows? Uh, I mean, the texts have come through regularly. Uh, I mean, she didn't say it was, like, the worst experience, so, okay. I mean, she, she's not, like, she hasn't told me that, like, I have to find my own trans home, so okay. I think we're, Good. I think these are all wins for me, so, Good. yeah, it's been fun. I mean, rolled some matches, booked the longest tag team match ever between <laughs> a couple of, U, you know, four UBU cards, and, yeah, took a little, with only, with only, like, you know, seven fatigue total between the four guys yeah yeah i think that was the longest tag match on record with the fewest fatigue tokens to show for it. <laughs> total of uh let's see we got here six fatigue tokens with the von carrie and kevin von erick against gino and chris adams and we ran pretty much two or three other matches while they were still playing so i expected a bloodbath and there was none there was none so Michael, what do you think? I'm having a great time. It's a great company. I'm um, having a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, the main event I booked, it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they ran out of time with the Von Erichs match with the promoter told them they have to take it home in two minutes. But uh, no, it's great meeting Grant for the first time and hanging out with riding up at Sam and seeing Barry and yourself again. So. All right, thank you. And Sam? Glad you yeah. made it. Glad it's good to see you again. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. It's been fantastic. Meeting Grant in person and yeah, riding up with Michael, seeing Barry, seeing you. Like it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I think you know the tournament earlier was was a blast. Um, uh, not just because both of my guys went to the finals, so <laughs> I had to you know uh, no, it was it was good times. And uh, booking the card that was a great idea. I love doing that. Yeah, should, yeah, you should explain that. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. So, you know, I've been to a lot of these things between Galacticon and Eric Kanishi's Icon and different stuff, and it occurred to me on the drive over this morning that it would be fine, kind of fun if we just drew numbers and whoever gets number one books the main event. And we each, you know, got to book two matches. We had a little 10-match ten show, and the person who, you know, had the fifth spot, they booked the fifth match and then the, the opener. So I, I drew that. So I, you know, booked in an opener of James Jeffries versus Jeremy Wyatt, which would be a main event anywhere in the state of Iowa or, or Kansas or Missouri. And it was the opener, our big multi-promotion pay-per-view. And we'll post the results on the board. But I think it was kind of fun. It was something different to do yeah. instead of just the, the normal tournament. Um, and, you know, the main event that 
Michael uh, spoke of, he, he booked uh, Sergeant Slaughter against our new Triple WF Ivan Koloff in a stretcher match. Uh, fans might have rioted after that one, a little disappointing, <laughs> kind of short. First roll on, on the stretcher match chart, this is the one in the, the ringside companion that we um, you know, used from Mark Taggart's Great Rules, originally based on the uh, feud table chart. Sarge uh, tried to clamp on that Cobra clutch and they went to the chart and Ivan pulled them over the top rope. They both hit the floor. Koloff scrambled up, came off the top rope to the floor with a knee drop and that was it. You make it sound more exciting <laughs> than rolling it out was. That, that's my job. <laughs> right? You, you've been in pro wrestling. You know we have to sell it, right? <laughs> that's why you always book, right? The ring, the ring crew might be on strike yeah, for the, you for like fan, three or four years. The fans but... may have gone on strike after this. <laughs> uh, but it was it was so much fun to do, just being able to choose from all the you know the cards that were here, and I, I thought that Jeremy Wyatt and James Jeffries' opener was a lot of fun. It kind of reminded me of like you know what Eddie Guerrero used to say about like put me on first, you know, right? Let's let's go out there and like really pop the crowd and then see what happens. And that's I thought that, that match did that, you know, uh, yeah, in, in in my imagination, yeah, uh, yeah. Wyatt Wyatt beat on Jeffries, put three on him. James came roaring back, hit a couple sliced bread. But uh, Wyatt comes back and hits that big coronation pile driver to get the, the victory. Then we had Antonio Inoki against uh, Mitsuharu Misawa, a UBU card. Match and two. By match two. Match two. Misawa versus Inoki. That was, that was all Barry's booking. Barry, you want to talk about that match? Well, we, we, I, I remember we, they were going from, on live from Tokyo. Yes. You know, from the Egg Dome. So, like, from, from the Tokyo Dome. So, like, we... Like, had to have it early on in the night, or it would have been, you know, because... Time, time change. Time change, right. yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anoki kind of, like, I, I think... Anoki books this match. Anoki definitely yeah. booked this match, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Octopus hold, you know, two enziguris, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. But Masawa got a little heat back. He's a big Tiger Dragon 91 on the floor and injured Anoki for a couple cards, so... <laughs> yes. Almost killed him. That was yeah. crazy. Almost shot him right on his head. It was... We rolled on the murder charge. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had Bob Armstrong against Exotic Adrian Street. I think, uh, Sam, you booked that one? I did, yeah, I did. And I ended up rolling uh, uh, for Adrian Street, and uh, he came out with the win after a crucifix. It was a great match, back and forth all the way. And, and uh, yeah, Michael had uh, Bob, Bob Armstrong. Armstrong. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. That's, that's one that I've not actually played out in my Fed, but after this I'm going to get those two together sooner rather than later. And then we had uh, Ted DiBiase versus Bob Roop. Grant picked that, inspired by his newfound love of Mid-South wrestling and Bob Roop's commentary in particular. Yeah, I love, I love, I've become the biggest fan of Bob Roop. Um, anyone who watches my live streams know that because I uh, brought him in there and he always loses, but that's what I kind of love about him. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I just thought that would be a fun match. I did, I realized after I booked that match, I wanted to try the new... Adam Pierce card um, right. against Colt Cabana's Legends card, uh, but we didn't have that one here, so this was a good substitute if you can't have that one. Right. Um, uh, but Ted DiBiase won that one, so oh, in true Bob Roop fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's why you'll just have to come to the TNT Hall of Fame next summer, where Bob Roop is a regular fixture. Yeah, he is. Good friend of the Hall of Fame. Hand out his email address on an elevator, right? <laughs> <That>. <laughs> and get razzed by. Uh, JR, you know. Yeah. Right. right. Yep. First bump he's taken in, what, 20 years? And then we had uh, Michael brought us um, Jerry Lawler versus the crusher Jerry Blackwell. 
live from the Mid-South Coliseum, and we used Grant's new Mid-South Coliseum card, and it, it came into play. Yeah. We had, uh, the finish went, well, we hit one pile driver, right? And right. then uh, the card came into play, so Lawler didn't get disqualified. And then we had like a dosey do that we went for a while, kept reversing in the turnbuckle. So we surmised that uh, referee Jerry Calhoun got uh, squashed at some point, was down. <laughs> yep. But then uh, Lawler ended up uh, hitting another pile driver and uh, finishing it up. So. Yep. What a feat of strength. Well, he weakened him with the end of fist drop right before that. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> he also suplexed him like three times too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Lawler, you know, he's got he's got leverage. <laughs> yeah, we, I noticed on the new color chart that there's not an asterisk by the reversal option anymore that you can't. Well, so we legit rolled six reversals in a row. <laughs> wow. So they were just swinging around the middle of the ring, and then they finally hit the turnbuckle, and we decided that the ref had to go down for a little bit longer. <laughs> so is that the new official rule because it's not on there? Is that... It's up to you, promoter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was our interpretation. Because I still only do it once. Uh, right. You, you know, like... Right. I would, but then I noticed it's not on. And yeah. I rolled it, and then Michael did. I'm like, hey, it's not on there. Let's yeah, see what let's happens. Yeah. <laughs> and we had four more. I wonder what it's like online. I don't know. Well, Which online, I think it's the... It, the older ones, two or three charts ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, in, 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 at least in the in the game table thing. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. If Sam can actually connect to online yeah. with the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Hey, Wi-Fi hey, hey. wi- here. Murder, Murder Hotel's got these yeah. Wi-Fi. We're all right. Yeah, uh, we're gonna yeah. do a whole separate episode about this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> when we're safely away. From yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You no, know, the the charts obviously, like Grant was saying, the charts are, are, are right, but I wonder what the. Uh, the charts look like in the actual game table here. Yeah, in the game table, they're older. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, the the second, or I guess the first match I booked, if we were going in descending order, Dynamite Kid versus Bobby Eaton. And uh, Bobby Eaton had Jim Cornette in his corner, which thankfully he did because he saved him from a, a, a crushing blow with about fourth roll of the match that would have ended it. Yeah. And uh, Eaton came roaring back, put three on Dynamite, but Dynamite battled back and uh, hit that big diving headbutt for the win. So that was a pretty good match. It was a great match. I was uh, I was a little scared that Eaton was going to win. I thought that that would for sure cause a riot, mainly you, right? No, against me. No, no, because <laughs> no, he had Cornette. You know, he did a little right. racket jab, and then Eaton hit the Alabama jam, and he kicked out. I thought it told a good story. Yeah, I thought it did, too. You, you know, one of the things that I love about the game, and I think that this is something that we don't necessarily get to talk about quite enough, is you have this wonderful call on a moment during the match when things kind of went outside Mm -hmm. and you you know again just purely imagination but based off of the chart rule we knew that dynamite was coming back at level three right and you did this wonderful call where like Cornette went to you know waffle him with the racket but hit Eaton instead and then dynamite rolled him back in and that changed the flow of the match and I just love that I think that that's one of those things that yeah we 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 don't necessarily have the discussions about but it's it's worth noting that that's one of the great things about the game is the opportunity to embellish that stuff in your own own way right tell your own story right well you know I, we've talked about this before on our, our podcast um how when legends when we're designing cards and the moves that are maybe marked with a choice g or a choice c to us that's the move that's happening on the card it's not what's on the choice thing the choice right. is just the, the number because i just always think there's a lot of improvisation and sometimes when people get really locked into a certain chart roll or whatever i'm like yeah i mean 
you know, Andre the Giant's not probably going to do a sunset flip off a of ropes two on Abdul the Butcher, <laughs> right. so something else happens, or you know, maybe, maybe Jerry Lawler hit a DDT on Crusher Black. Could <laughs> <laughs> quite get him up for the pile driver yeah. for that first one, you know? Well, like yeah, because there's also that chart rule where uh, an out of the ring where it's like, and this was the one that we got where you drag the opponent out of the ring and right. throw him into the post, and I'm like. Babyface isn't going to do that, mm-hmm. you know. So instead, usually in my head, it's like you know the, the heel comes out of the ring and right. maybe goes to like try and smash them into the post or whatever. But the the babyface moves and you know they get they, they they hit themselves on the post or something like that. And I just I, I love that idea that a lot of times the charts and those choices are, are more suggestions, if anything, right. or like you're saying, those choices are just reinforcing the move on the card and how powerful it might be based on the power or agility of the opponent. Right. And I, I mean I mean I just love that because again it really it feeds into that power of imagination and creativity and the storytelling aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Because for me, again, telling the story within the confines of the match is just as important as any story that, you know, Tom or Rob or Chris or Mark or, you know, mm-hmm. Todd, myself, or whoever is writing these booklets, that to me is just as important. And obviously with Legends, I feel like it's almost even more important. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The cards are totally telling the story there. You yeah. Know, you know, Stu does a great job of putting the, the bios together, but a lot of times people know stuff about these guys and or girls and, and want to, you know, tell their own stories with them. You know, or the improv piece, like what, which you m- mentioned there, you know, Miss Frankie J, she has a spot when she's a heel where she goes to chop the opponent against the post, and by golly, the opponent always moves. <laughs> and then that opponent takes her around by the hand and has her high-five all the fans, and she's selling her hand because all these children are, you know, doing her hurt hand. So that would be a similar thing to rolling low on, on the outer of the ring. So yeah. when you can connect with the wrestler and then, okay, how do I work that into a match? Because you can't work every spot into a match. You know, right. it's, it's like... Especially uh, how many asterisks, and a lot of us are getting older, and you know we have some reading glasses around the table. We can't we can't read what's on the bottom of these cards, so you have to just kind of keep that in the back of your head. Yeah, well, it's even like you, you know, there's there's a um, on that Misawa card, for instance, on the out of the ring, there's an asterisk there for uh, you know once per match he hits the elbow suicide. Right? right, right, which is fine. That's great, but for me, I would just rather roll on the out of the ring chart. Yep. And the results say in my head, it's like, oh, this is when he hit that. Right. You know. Yep. Um, and that's just again, that's all personal preference, and it's not. There's no wrong answer there. Right. I just think that that's for me. That's what I like. No, I agree. I agree. So then we had that uh, big uh, hair versus hair match with the Von Erichs against uh, the dynamic <laughs> duo. And again, we're just chuckling because it took so long, and it's you know, I just saw these. I saw. Barry and Michael keep rolling and rolling. I'm like, oh my God, this has to be such a bloody match. And like, one, 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 and three, you know? And, <laughs> and Kevin put Gino away with the sleeper, and these, of course, are some bootlegs that we've uh, put together. So, once again, the dynamic duo got their hair shaved, right? Mm-hmm. Got their head shaved. I mean, from that standpoint of the match, I think it was the, the bootleg defense, defenses mm-hmm. of those cards. Like, mm-hmm. it was like the level two defenses on both of them super super tough mm-hmm. like I mean from that standpoint and then you know whenever whenever Michael would get get uh, one of the uh, you know dynamic duo down they would be uh, you know like G- Gino or Chris Adams they would definitely you know it would be hurt too mm-hmm. and then it would roll back up all the way up to day one I'm like are you kidding me like near the end I'm like <laughs> I'm not even like I still I think I had one pin save left I'm like nope not doing it like <laughs> right. let's just roll the dice Gino like get the three and you know I rolled a two and a one and I was like okay we're out because like he didn't even he didn't even have a fatigue so 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they're a fun, fun group of cards to use there. I think mm-hmm. the defense was just really strong. The dice just wanted us to go on and on and have a, make the main event really short, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think about, you know, it seems like sometimes Legends cards have tougher defenses than the indie cards or the more modern cards, while modern cards might have more damaging offense. But to me, that kind of reflects how wrestling is. And it's okay. That's why there are those differences. I don't know. Grant, what do you think? Um, well, as I've said before, I'm not much. Like, you, you know, people have been asking uh, Chad and, and Sam questions about statting cards. And then I would just go, I just have Zeke stat them. Right. <laughs> like, to me, it's like I just want to play. Like, figuring that out really hurts my brain. Of like, <laughs> okay, you got to have, but if it's, a, if it's this, you got to have a choice A or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely, uh, there was a, a championship wrestling from, because we did a championship wrestling from Hollywood type tournament, yep. and a card that I didn't really think should, not nothing against the guy, but right. go that far, because right. he was more of a mid-card guy, went all the way to the finals yeah. against right. Sean Ricker, and that's uh, the Devin Sparks card, and, and Sam was like, what? his level two offense is a little strong mm-hmm. and looking at it I was like yeah it probably is a little bit strong for where he was mm-hmm. um, in, in championship wrestling from Hollywood so um, yeah I, that the whole stats thing mystifies me so I may not be the correct person to answer that oh, question okay. uh, but um, yeah you know uh, I think I think they're uh, playing them out it's more or less they will fall you know that could have just been a fluke for Devin right. today right. and tomorrow he might do something different so. right right Michael, what do you think about that concept of how Legends cards kind of stack up against Indies sometimes and how they off, kind of offset each other? I agree with you because uh, back, you know, in the territory days or the, in, in, you know, in the, um, was it, with the Legends, yet there was more offense and, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes you'd stay in, you know, a headlock for five minutes or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. As opposed to now, you know, we've got all the, the more power moves and everything of, you know, the independence and the guys are flying around and doing mm-hmm. gymnastics and, you know, the, they hit a big move and the guy kicks out and, you know, they hit a, a second and the guy no-sells it and it's a second big move. So I think, yeah, that uh, reflects well. I remember looking at one of uh, the indie uh, cards and, you know, they were just having Corey and I check for rules and, you know, as always, Zeke does a great job so it's not a big concern. But I remember looking and it's like, gosh, he's got to dive on level two. Dive should only be on level three. I'm like, eh, you know, that's not how it is anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I agree that the, you know, having those offenses for the Indies cards be maybe a little beefier, um, it does make a lot of sense. And, and you want to have those strong defenses because I would imagine oftentimes with my Legends fed, you know, I want those matches to go a little longer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want mm-hmm. to, especially when we get to that main event level, you know, I, right. I, I want to like at least be able to imagine like a 15 minute plus match, right? Um, and with the indie stuff, uh, oftentimes you look at the indies cards, and with the exception of your main event, a lot of your matches are sub fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so it makes sense that they that they are that way. You know, the the card that Grant was talking about earlier with the Devin Sparks card. The thing that's interesting about it is that on that level three offense, four, five, and six are all level three moves, mm-hmm. and they're all uncovered. But on top of that, on his level three offense, he's got uh, death jump and out of the ring, both with choices on it. So you can roll up. So you're really giving yourself the opportunity to have like a, a lot of opportunities to hit a level three move, mm-hmm. um, which makes the card, you know, in essence, 
pretty powerful compared to other cards that might right. have a covered move or you know a choice chart after or something like that. So it was it was interesting to use the card because when I first picked the card, I didn't expect it necessarily to be that great at first glance. Right. Because I was paying more attention to the defense, quite honestly. Right. Um, so it was interesting that, that, yeah, that the card did perform so well, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that he had the opportunity to hit those level three power moves so often. Uh, and that's not something you see a lot, like in Legends, for instance. You don't see a lot of four, five, and six uncovered level three power moves. Right. You know, um, I mean, you know better than I would, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's usually reserved for someone who has pretty, you know, strong offense or, or you know, all out, you know, attack, attack, attack. And that wasn't as much of a thing, I think, for most of the guys we think of in Legends. You know, I, I mean, I think we have it for Rob Van Dam because he was, you know, and he, he was kind of on the border of the, of the generational shift in terms of, of that. So um, Yeah, I'll have to look, too. It is very possible that it was a Titan. Mm. Uh, and so I'll have to go back and look at Zeke. Because back for those cards, there was kind of this little te- game of telephone where it's like Zeke sends the stats... And then I send them to uh, Chris Oss, who would help me lay them out. Right. And then he sends them back for us to proofread. And it's very possible that there was a, a choice that was accidentally left off that nobody looked at that. But I'd have to go back and look because those cards are a couple. That card is a couple years old. Sure. Sure. So. It was, I mean, it was a very fun card to play, too. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I mean, that was the thing that's neat about all those championship wrestling from Hollywood cards. I feel like that there is that there is a lot of variety, that, that Zeke has really done some cool stuff that, you know, both on the offense side and the defense side, there feels like a, a lot of difference between these wrestlers. And uh, and there's a depth, too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that was the thing is, like, we, we were talking about some of the cards um, that, that Grant had brought with him and the quality of, like, a Brian Cage or a Timothy Thatcher or the Adam Pierce card or the Sean Ricker card. Card. And, you know, those are clearly some main event guys, but then you've got a lot of other guys that will fit easily on, on your mid card. And then there's a lot of great undercard guys mm-hmm. that have like that seven, four pin, three down threes on the card, that sort of stuff. And, and, and I think that that variety allows you to really book like a deep, a deep set. You right. Know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are great cards and, and they do give you the basis for a fantastic promotion. And, you know, it's something that. Hopefully, if we get to do more IPW sets, I, I, we get to explore it the same way. Because, but I, I really, I sincerely love the uh, championship wrestling sets because they are so well thought out. And yeah, it, it's not just all your main eventers. Yeah, yeah. You have, you have such a variety, and there's such a lot of great characters in the roster. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I I told Grant before, it's like I love Levi Shapiro. I've met him at CAC a few times, so having having him in there in his in his classic connection and his newer. Um, his newer incarnation is just great to have. Yeah. Yeah, well, those are a lot of fun to put together. And, I mean, the Werner's amazing art and Zeke's amazing stats. Right. You know, like right. those, those are the two. Uh, and actually, it was Stu sent me a message on the board saying, wait, it was not Stu. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixing this up. It was the faction. Okay. Uh, Jared, because yep. uh, he, he saw the cards. Yep. And he was like, wow, the, the cards on these new ones are really great. Like, whatever direction you give Werner... Like, like, keep doing it because right. it's really good. And I go, the only direction I give him is like, here's some reference books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Werner's art is is amazing and just very lucky. You know, there's usually never any changes when Werner sends back the art. Yeah, he does. He does such a good job with. I feel like especially with those, and I love the logo, and I love the way it kind of the background bleeds into things that we have now. And uh, you know, we feel very fortunate that you shared. And debuted that set live here 
at, at River Rumble. So that's right. Thank you. Well, it was a, a Galactic Hell tradition, but since we haven't had a Galactic Hell in a while, I was like, yeah, we'll do it here. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel I genuinely feel lucky that, that you're here, and I'm yep. grateful for this, and I'm you know, and, and and I'm grateful for the work that you do, and I just think that like the the Mid South Coliseum card uh, is awesome, and the match card and. You know, even that guy outside is excited. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's excited. excited. We're being serenaded. It might be outside the building, actually. It's hard to say what's going on here. <laughs> Lovely Clinton, Iowa. Home of next year's Galacticon. You heard it here first. <laughs> By then, the rooms will be ready. <laughs> You'll have to switch a few times. Yeah. And eventually, you will find a room. We're not sure if somebody paid a, just purchased the hotel this week or if somebody <laughs> lost a bat and acquired the hotel. Um, so let's see. Next, Sam had picked a match uh, between Sherry Martell and Mildred Burke. Sam, you want to speak to that? I think it was kind of a quick one. It was. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I thought that you know we might get a little mileage out of it, uh, but it, you know again, action spilled outside, and, and, and Mildred was able to take over on level three and hit the alligator clutch, and that was that was all she wrote. I mean, because that alligator clutch is. I mean, it's one of the strongest finishers, yeah. you know, on the legend side of the game at a plus four. Um, but it was fun. I was glad to throw a women's match in there, and I thought Sherry Martell and Mildred Burke would be, mm-hmm. a, you know, a good what-if match. So, uh, but yeah, it was a little, uh, it, it was a little anticlimactic. Maybe not as much as the main event, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the semi-main event, we went back to the Mid-South Coliseum with the Fabulous Ones versus the Moondogs. Grant selected that match. Uh, Grant, you want to fill us in on what happened with that one? Well, uh, the fabulous ones just ran over the the Moondogs. It was pretty. It was pretty quick, and uh, I, I guess I didn't. Uh, I haven't used the Moondogs as much. Um, I've only done a few matches with them in my mm-hmm. fit, so mm-hmm. like I forgot. Like I just thought, oh, this will be a great match, and then I was like, oh, their their pins are a little higher. You know, it's yeah. like a three and a four. Yeah. Um, and and ultimately that's what they did. That did them in because they got a couple add one. Not at one, but a couple fatigue tokens and right. then, you know, low rolls. So, um, but it was still fun to do. All right. Yeah. Very good. I was, glad, I was glad that there was some good tag action in the match, at least, too. Yeah. You know, it felt like, because, like, the Moondogs had a defensive tag out and, you know, the, the Fabulous Ones hit a couple tag moves. And okay. There was a pin save. So it felt yeah. like a, you know, it felt like a tag match, you right. know, which is nice. Right. Can we also just point out, Chad, that, like, at that point, the, the Mildred Burke match... <laughs> The Fabulous Ones versus the Moondogs. I believe both of those matches. And was there one other one that you listed in there? Uh, there, was a, there was a match that started before the yes. and Dynamite and Eaton. Yeah. Dynamite and Eaton. So literally two matches, like basically like three matches wrapped like in the time that Michael and I's like, you know, right. Gorgeous Gino <laughs> and Chris Adams versus the Kevin and Carrie Von Eric match. Like took over. So yeah, yeah. tag matches. Yeah. And, and speaking of long matches, that's what led us with our main event. It, 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 we lost pay-per-view clearance and had to kind of take it home early. <laughs> so the Michael's big main event of a stretcher match between Sergeant Slaughter and, and Triple WF Ivan Koloff, you know, it, it, it went a little short. But we got a good finish out of it. Moves into it, yeah. <laughs> it's only like three or four moves. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah and it was uh, Sergeant Slaughter locked the Cobra Clutch in. And then, but then you roll on the chart, and that's where the reversal happened. And um, and Sergeant Slaughter is injured for two cards, so he will not be wrestling next year at River Rumble. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's out. Or, or he'll come back with Don Kernodal and, and Koloff's partner of the choice, and maybe he can hide it in a tag match. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 
But no, I thought that was kind of fun to do something different instead of just the, the standard tournaments that we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, if anything, next time I would probably choose some stipulations, like do a stip for one of the matches. Like, yeah. I love that there was the stretcher match. And, you know, then we used the, the Mid-South Coliseum card, right. uh, which was fun because it changed, obviously, the outcome with the pile driver. But, um, yeah, next time maybe do some stips and, mm-hmm. yeah, do, do some more stuff. But that was a, that was a great idea. It's <laughs> so fun, too, that you just get to play with – because, like, in a tournament, you might not get to play with everybody. Right. And right. in this kind of match, you can, you can, you know, uh, or this kind of thing. That's something that's a more intimate yeah. uh, thing. Right. Yeah. Like Blackwell and uh, Lawler, we were saying we played, and you and I had never played at a Galactic. Yeah. Yep. Even yeah. though we were at Galacticon together this year, yeah, there's just so many people there and so many tournaments. You don't get to intermingle with everybody. And, and next year, I won't book Mizawa and Anoki as the <laughs> second, <laughs> second match hey, of the card. Hey, hey. You know? We're in a judgment-free zone. It's okay. That's man. right. So I had asked the, this illustrious panel if they had any questions or any topics they wanted to talk about. Barry submitted a couple about the black and white conversions to color in Legends and, and what decided some of them or how we look at their, uh, like their availability. Or? Well, that was one, like, yeah, just from that standpoint, like, because, like, and we don't have to talk too much behind you know we don't have to see how all the sausages you know are made mm-hmm. right but just the idea of like you know as we've even had some jokes about like you know i would love to hear this the story of the signing of like you know tiger mass what was that like right. you know um from that standpoint just how do you did like like how do you like yeah from that standpoint like how do like how do you determine what the availability looks like for some of those black and white cards and again obviously if Molesky needs to mute us, that's fine. Or if you do, you can... No, I mean, like, honestly, a lot of the black and white cards, most of the black and white cards, we didn't really sign. You know, we signed Dick Hutton and Danny Hodge and Dan Severn. So, um, people whose names start with D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Destroyer. No, I think Tom signed the Destroyer. So, I, I guess I don't know, you know, the status of some of them that maybe have been held off longer. But sometimes it's just... We didn't get the right guy in the right spot. You know, right. I, I, you know, lamented this morning that, you know, we had to wait a long time for Nick Bockwinkle because, uh, the, you know, the people in the kitchen were yelling at us. Tito Santana's. Yeah. So, um, because, you know, Mike kind of wanted him to be an anchor of a Midwest set. I'm like, oh, I'd rather have Nick Bachwinkle, and we'll figure out everybody else. But, you know, sure. so sometimes with the theme sets we do, that, that determines a little bit. Um, you know, some of them, maybe it was a limited signing with, with Tom, right? You know, I can't really speak to that because I wasn't involved, you know. So, um, yeah. And then what was the other part of your question, Mary? Well, just even the, like, I guess, like, looking at the other question, just the ideas of, like, when you've updated stats, mm-hmm. right, from black and white to color. Like, the, mm-hmm. like thinking of, like, the Destroyer's black and white card. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Sam and I had, you know, pre-discussed this a little bit. It felt like that black and white card was really strong mm-hmm. in comparison. And the, you know... Cauliflower Alley Club card. It felt like he was. It was a little bit, bit of a step back, like a correction to it, Mm -hmm. and kind of similar to like Buddy Rose when that, like the original black and white card for Buddy Rose. It felt like the, you know, the Pacific Northwest four pack that you guys did. It felt like, again, a little bit of a correction just from that standpoint. And I guess how do you determine? When you're restatting, like you've mentioned Anoki, you've mentioned like 
Raka, like mm-hmm. some of those cards, how do you decide, like, how does, what, what process kind of goes into that? Well, like with Anoki and Raka, I think we felt like neither one of them were probably strong enough. So that's why we kind of looked at them. Um, with other guys, it's really just more footage is available. So we're able to change up their moves and make them more accurate where, you know, maybe before we had not guessed, but just weren't as sure about things. But, you know, it's not like since we did Dick Hutton's original card that a preponderance of new Dick Hutton footage became available. Um, but, like, one that, like, we did recently, Yukon Eric, there was a lot more stuff available through, like, the Chicago Film Archives on YouTube. So we could use that. And I felt like we we did a very historically accurate, not that it wasn't accurate before, but I right. felt really good about the moveset on, on Yukon Eric. Um, with the Destroyer, I mean, I don't feel like we downgraded them sometimes it's just changing the structure of the card just to make it different you know so we're not just giving everyone the same cards just in color which you know honestly it did kind of happen with the first introductory set you know we made some changes on there but now um now uh, i mean the people in the kitchen they did not want that (laughs) there's a lady yelling no 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 so um, we're not we're not sure. Yeah, she, you know, she's a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Go out worldwide. Yes, <laughs> I mean, you can slip them a note under that door. It, it, it looks it, like it's boarded up over there. It's interesting, you know, because with the destroyer, and and I can't speak to your process, but but uh, the two noticeable changes mm-hmm. is that the agility went from a minus two to a minus one mm-hmm. okay and there was a dazed one on the level two defense that got changed to a hurt two mm-hmm. now for me personally i think that the card represents them really really well because mm-hmm. i would argue that maybe that minus two agility was a little too good for the mm-hmm. destroyer mm-hmm. Um, especially when you compare it to like luthes right. luthes has got a minus two agility right in my mind luthes is a little bit more agile than the destroyer mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like a to me, I think that they were they were good tweaks, like tweaks in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. again, the destroyer is still a great card. Like he just made it to the finals of, of a tournament I held recently. Okay, right. Um, and, and so, but but I get where Barry's coming from. The idea of like what what prompts that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am curious as far as like changing that agility, for instance. Because right. I mean, and just to piggyback off of that, the like that change to agility, like. You know, when he, like, if he's wrestling, say, a Thaz, right? And you, right. like, want him, like, he goes from hitting any agility mm-hmm. moves with mm-hmm. the black and white card to missing all of them mm-hmm. based on the rules of the game. From that standpoint, I think I could be wrong about the same, but I think, to the the pin rating was the other thing, too. I think he went from a one to a two, no, right? No, it's the same. Two, was, two? Was, okay. Like, still, yeah, still five, two. Yeah, I just, I don't think we gave him a one initially. Right. Um, you know, honestly, I'd have to look at both cards and yep. compare them to make a, you know, there's nothing I recall like, oh, we made the Destroyer too tough. I think it was just making some adjustments to, right. to you know, kind of change up his card a little bit and, and represent him in a different way. But I, I would I would also suggest maybe that, you know, if Luthez is wrestling the Destroyer, Luthez should probably take right. those little agility moves, which are, you know, breaks on the ropes right. or whatever, and, and, and probably dominate him because he was Luthez. Yep. You know? And he's only, and for what it's worth, he's only got one agility move, right. you know, on his level one offense. So right. it's, I, I, I think it's something that might not come into play. Two other things that you did the card, which I think are really interesting, is his disqualification got bumped up to a five. Yep. Like yep. yep. And his cage rating got bumped down from a four to a three, which mm-hmm. again, I love. Yep. Like, I think, it, I think it does the card. 
a world of good mm -hmm. and represents it really well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what what were you know thinking behind that? Yeah, the DQ. I think we definitely you know he did spend a lot of time as a heel, so we wanted him to be able to take a cheap way out sometimes. And I think bringing the cage down was also just kind of reflecting that a little bit, that, okay, he's a heel, he might brawl a little bit, he might be a little tougher, so that's why we dropped it down. Yeah. Well, because even from my point of view, it's not necessarily that there's a lot of cage matches out there with the Destroyer that I'm aware of. No. But there's a, there are matches out there where toughness comes into play right. that you might use a chart for or a match for that relies on cage ratings, you know, and just thinking about the times that, like, Destroyer bled through his mask or something right, like that. Right. Like it's like, yeah, I want him to be tough in those situations where there's like a brass knuckles kind of situation, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we definitely uh, equate cage rating to just not just your cage, right? Yeah. How, how well you do in the cage, you know, with the with the uh, a lot of the matches that have come forward, cage is really equals to a toughness or you know grit factor or whatever, or just a, a little bit more of a brawling ability. Yeah. So that's why we we probably made that adjustment. So kind of going off of Barry's question a little bit, we were talking earlier about like Tiger Mask and Liger, mm -hmm. you know, signings and <laughs> authorizations aside, all mm -hmm. that jazz. Mm -hmm. Like if those cards were to be done in color, mm -hmm. would you gear, because we've seen cards, for instance, like, like the Jerry Briscoe or something like that, that will mm -hmm. have like a junior heavyweight stat or mm -hmm. something like that. To me, if I'm using Danny Hodge, mm -hmm. like there are very few situations where I'm ever going to have to use the heavyweight stats because mm -hmm. I'm almost always going to put them in junior situations. Mm -hmm. I would feel similarly about Liger and Tiger Mask. Mm -hmm. So when statting those cards, would you maybe like, you know, steer more into that? Um, and have heavyweight stats be like the, the quote unquote bold stats? Yeah. You know, I think it makes more sense. But at this point, the die is cast, and I'm too have too much OCD sure. to have some cards done one way and some done the other. That would really bother me. So I think we'd probably continue that way. But it's a very valid point. So someday when we have 3D hologram cards or whatever <laughs> comes down the line, then we'll fix it. You know. And then I guess that that comes to the other question though too, right? Like with somebody like you, you know releases, you know. Not in the discussion, but somebody like a Tiger Mask that is mainly known for wrestling as a lightweight. Mm -hmm. Do you even need the stats for the heavyweight match? Like, are you going to like, because I mean, I, thinking to myself, like with, you know, thinking of myself, like with a Danny Hodge, like Sam said, I'm not going to really be, I'm not going to be putting him into matches against like Don right. Jr. heavyweights. But not everybody thinks that way or has clear right, right. division so I, I think I wouldn't want to have a card that doesn't have some kind of penalties right against against Abdullah or Andre or Killer Kowalski you know right. yeah well especially knowing the way that Liger in particular was booked right, right. Liger was a god at the junior heavyweight right. division right Liger lost every single heavyweight match he ever wrestled right you know so like he would they, they, and in some ways you could argue to the detriment of the division at times yeah that's a whole other Conversation, right? right. Booking stuff, but like, but yeah, I mean, Liger was not going to win those heavyweight matches, so it makes sense. Which is something interesting because, like, his the, the change on his card takes him from a seven four pin against heavyweights, I think, to a four one, mm -hmm. um, which is a big change. Right. Usually, you right. just drop it at one or something right. like that. Right. Um, but I think it illustrates that point really well. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember early on. Good um, job. Seeing, thank you. <laughs> Seeing, you know, I had a best of Liger tape, and one of the matches in there was it was a six man, and he was on one side with maybe Ricky Choshu, somebody else. The other side was, I think, it was Manny Fernandez, Buzz Sawyer, and Big Van Vader. 
So, you know, they'd bring, bring Van Vader and Liger against there, and, you know, he'd do a little hit and run and stuff, but he was going to get murdered yeah. if he stayed in there. So <laughs> I still want to be able to recreate that. Right. Do you find that it is, and this is like we're grilling Chad now, um, <laughs> as, the only, as the only Legends representative, do you find that sometimes with more signings, uh-huh. uh, it gets harder to stack guys because... You know, I think you're like, oh, well, Luthez is probably like the right. toughest, or like, right. But then all of a sudden we get, you know, I don't, you know, Later. whoever, but you get somebody who's like, yeah. well, he, so like, does that make it harder? Do more signings make it harder to stack cards? Um, I think it, it's hard. What we strive for is to make guys maybe even, but not give them the same setup. Mm-hmm. So if you had a Flair and a Hogan, yeah, they should be at the same level as Luthez, but how are they going to be different? And I think that's where the challenge comes in. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I get the champion stuff now, but I don't follow it as much. But you know, I look at it just see, okay, are there things that are, we could incorporate? And I think a lot of times things have really gone um, so offense heavy in champions that it would be harder for us to incorporate some of that. But there's still some stuff we can bring in. You know, like we talked about last week about doing – at one point, I had a draft for Ox Baker that had three at ones instead of having a finisher, which is hard punch, hunt punch, hunt punch. But we didn't end up using that. But that was definitely based off something you know Tom had did in uh, in Champions recently. Um, was that like Kilprey? I think probably the Basilisk, maybe because the Basilisk. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have a finisher. He just has yeah. kind of crazy yeah. add ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. probably somebody like. Or he stole your idea because. The Ox Baker card, when you initially said it, it probably was before the... Uh, but, I mean, t- it wouldn't have got that far to Tom before we... <laughs> he, t- it's not like Tom t- saw the drafts and said, oh, no, you know what I mean? We, we It's pretty well <laughs> locked in with the stats before, <laughs> yes. before we send it to Tom. Um, but, no, that's, that's a really good question. It's hard to make people the same strength but have different setups because it would be pretty boring if everybody was the same, you know? Yeah. Sam, I know you're pulling stats there just because when you were speaking, th- thinking of that with like Luthez or like, you know, Vader, right? Because mm-hmm. like I feel like Vader is the like, like the definition of powerful right. Legends card, right? right? Like, so how do you kind of like reconcile the fact that like in those matches, if you roll them, like Vader's probably going to be favored against Luthez a lot of the time? A lot of the time, looking at it just because of the, the strength. I don't. I can't remember what Vader's agility is out of the gate, but like, it's a zero. I mean, and, and I get where you're coming from, but I think that kind of to Chad's point, there are some really wonderful things right. that are done differently mm-hmm. in the setup of the card. Mm-hmm. So, you, like face value, they both have five two pins, and they both only have one down three on their right. three defense. Right. But Thez has the possibility for a finisher comeback right. off of one of those hurt twos. Right. You know, but Vader's also got two finishers with the possibility of a more powerful finisher. Mm-hmm. So, again, in the setup of the cards, there's right. enough difference there. And, yeah, you know, the agility definitely goes to Thez. The power definitely goes to uh, Vader. But, I mean, I do think that's really interesting. And I think that it's interesting the way that you guys – I don't have a question here, but just a comment. Like, yep. I do think it's really interesting the way that you guys do – differ the setups and yet still come out with cards that feel at a commiserate power rating as opposed to it just being that like this card is the most powerful card we will ever do no card can be more powerful than this yeah it must be the measuring stick instead it does feel a little bit more like you give yourselves a room 
to bring in guys that are going to be on par with Harley Race, that are going to be on par with Lucas, right. as opposed to everyone now has to be weaker than this. Right. No one can be more powerful than this. You know? That's until the Rick Martel AWA. Right. <laughs> yes. But you know when we when we started. We started with the first black and white set. We kind of sat down and made a list of who are our A, B, C, D guys. And we continued that for a long time in the thing. Or we'll just offhandedly say, oh, this guy should be a B plus. You know? And we know what that means in terms of our ranking system and where guys should be. And we, you know, we're definitely hopeful that you know, we'll sign Ric Flair and Bruno and Hulk Hogan next week. And they'll all be in the new set coming out in December. <laughs> and then, but they'll fit in and be able to work with, with Harley and... Fez and, and Vader, you know, because you gotta, it would be very short sighted for us to have made a set and just like, okay, these are tough guys, you know. So if you sign those guys next week, who do you bump from the set? Well, that's a good question. Um, we, could, we could bump Bleep or. Yeah, we, 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 we'd bump everybody who's been announced so far, wipe the slate clean. Oh no, not Pat Patterson. Except for Eric the Rat. Because <laughs> too many people have their hearts set on him being a new moon dog. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing that I here, here's a question for you. Uh, this is about, about bootlegs, but who cares, right? Yeah. I'm not doing roll up where I'm not allowed to talk about those. No, but, you can talk about uh, them freely uh, here. Yeah, I can talk about bootlegs. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Hulk Hogan bootlegs. Yeah, you've got a great AWA bootleg, which yep. I said if I was going to bring Hogan yep. into my Fed, I would want to use this AWA bootleg, right? Not the WWF one. And part of that is because I just feel like that AWA one's easier to book, right? Mm-hmm. He can lose matches and it's okay. Right. Whereas that WWF one, it's like, man, getting this guy to lose a match is going to be impossible, right? right. Um, so making the jump, right? From Because that AWA card is still statted really well. He's got mm-hmm. two finishers, for instance. Right. But making the jump from that to that, in your mind, what are some of the little things that you would do, you know, to get that superior Hogan card, basically? What do you mean to get that? Well, to, to, to go from that AWA card to that, I mean, obviously I've seen the cards, I know right, you did, right. but just kind of like the thought process from saying, oh. like, here's the AWA card, here's what I'm going to do to make it the WWF card. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he was quote-unquote more beatable in AWA, he would lose, although it was usually, you know, a DQ on one side or the other, but yeah, he wasn't just presented then as the, the toughest guy in the entire world wrestling, you know? So when we, we bumped him up to make that WWF national level card, you have to take him up because then he did he didn't lose. He didn't lose for four years. Right. You know, and, and it is hard. And to me, I, I agree with you that uh, a guy at that level isn't as fun to book. I mean, I, I guess I would turn the tables to you guys who've, like, if you've used the Road Warriors in your federation on a long-term basis... How do you book them and keep them interesting? I know you've used them before, Grant. And yeah, I've used them in my, my Golden State Wrestling, right. which is my card and dice fed. But then I've also used them in uh, Hollywood Elite Wrestling, which is my online fed. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, they were initial champs right out of the gate. Right. And then as soon as they lost, I kind of rotated them out. And, right. You know, uh, yeah, so that's... That's what I did. Yeah, you know what's the and I think maybe like while they were there, maybe they had the titles, lost them, got them back, or something like that. Yeah. But then I was just kind of like, okay, these once they and then, you know I didn't feed them a ton of challengers, hoping they right. would lose. I just did regular defenses, but I was like, okay, they're gonna go out for a little bit. Right. And of course, now that we have the 
uh, Paul Ellering wrestler card, they'll be out for a while because <laughs> right. they won't be coming back until Paul's done wrestling. So. Right, right. Did you feed them challengers? Like, did you feed them te- teams that you would know that, okay, clearly they're going to win to, like, pad their stats out? Or did you basically give them quality opponents? I mean, I gave them... Uh, my Golden State Wrestling Fed is a little different just because it's, it's kind of based around the WWF, so I'm not using a lot of... Uh, the Midnight Express were in there, so they had a lot of great feeds with the Midnight Express, mm-hmm. but... Um, for the most part, uh, it was just teams that were kind of, you know, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and uh, teams that were kind of WWF. Just the Midnight Express were in there because we didn't have a lot of tag teams, mm-hmm. it, you know, in the black and white days when we were starting. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I forget who they, I mean, Midnight Express is probably who they lost to. Yeah. And, then, and then that was the, you know, and then they left. And then I broke the Midnight Express up and, and sent... Uh, you know, Bobby Eaton solo down to Memphis. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, but, and in the, in the Hollywood elite wrestling fed where I use all the tag teams, mm-hmm. um, they were just kind of so dominant at the beginning. Once they lost, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let them go out for a bit and maybe they'll come back at some point and, and we'll see how they do. But I did that with, uh, you know, I think Killer Kowalski was the first champion there, the first world champion. And after he lost, you know, he's come back and done one or two matches, but it's, I'm not having him, Fight for the belt again, you know. Right. <laughs> He's right. coming back and doing matches. So. Right. Yeah. That's why I think guys like that, they are good to bring in your promotion as like a touring champion or a special attraction. Right. But long term booking them, I think, would be hard. You know. Well, and I let the dice just go. Yep. And uh, Andre the Giant was getting closer and closer to challenging for the big belt, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I don't. And I think I even posted on the boards. It's like he's getting close. Um, and he's going to hold it for a long time. And right. uh, if, uh, you know, like, how can I kind of use the injury rules as kind of like him missing a step, you know, like becoming the the older Andre that right. we know from WrestleMania 3. And um, his, like, second match, he lost to Macho Man Randy Savage, and okay. Savage won the title. So I was okay. like, I didn't even have to do this, you know, because okay. that happens too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I mentioned that, like, the Road Warriors really have never done much of anything in my fed, like in my right. fed, like so, I was able to bring them in to run a like run a tournament, and like my first tag champs were like the Vashans, like okay. it was it worked out really great, like um, from that standpoint, like they like you know dice just didn't seem to not like them, like and when I brought them back, they feuded with like you know they won when they won the belts, they lost them in one card against mm-hmm. like the Midnight Express, and then mm-hmm. the Midnight Express like dominated the the uh, return match as well and it was like okay and so these guys have kind of lost like three matches I think I fed them a couple of like you know under like like enhancement talent teams and Mm -hmm. then called it um you know sent them packing like Mm -hmm. so I mean I haven't brought them back since like it's so I I don't have that similar like road warriors are like dominating everyone and right you know, I kind of ran some tournaments in Rio and have touring champions. That mm-hmm. is the touring world champ, and the uh, the touring uh, tag champs are the the, the kangaroos. And mm-hmm. so, like, they'll come through every once in a while. And that's a situation where I don't run. You know, for them, I don't because, like, you know, I'm thinking about it. Okay, like, I'm running a territory fed. Like, do I really want like my touring world, like NWA world champion, to drop the belt, like? The Crutcher, and right. I'm like, oh, like okay, yes, so you do. Mm-hmm. I, yes, <laughs> I, I love the Crusher, like from Milwaukee, but right. like I, that that's one of those things where I almost run it in the like inverse, like mm-hmm. the champs have the enhanced stats against sure. the other guys, so like, 
so Thaz comes in with a you know four one pin and right. Crusher's still rolling with his five two and then you know Thaz has all the improved stats and it works out fairly well. I haven't mm-hmm. had like a whole lot of you know and sometimes I'll bring in like I'll book special attraction main events for the titles on the line but not have like our main guys like it'll be somebody else from a different territory if I want right. to switch the belt out so oh, title changes idea. happen that way yeah. Yeah, Michael. What about yeah, you? Yeah, like very. Uh, my road orders were never very dominant. They'd get okay. a win over a couple teams, but they always seemed to run into somebody that had their number. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, it was the uh, the fabulous kangaroo, the black and white fabulous mm-hmm. kangaroos, and they literally held my tag championship for almost legit two years. Oh wow! And so the road warriors could not get past them. They lost several matches, and then I sent the road warriors away. Um, then I brought them back in my AWA fed. And the Valiant, they actually did win the titles, the the, uh, the Road Warriors, I forget, I think they might have beaten the Vashans, mm-hmm. but then they lost, like, the first title defense to the Valiant Brothers. Okay. And so then, I, you know, had the Road Warriors packing, I mean, Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the Road Warriors were definitely dominant in, in my uh, first Legends Fed, and this was black and white cards. And then, you know, transitioning over to the color cards and kind of starting my new Legends Fed, um, it was yeah, it was them and the Midnight Express. And yeah. now, more recently, <clears throat> um, I actually haven't been using the Road Warriors for a while, and the Kangaroos have been my tag champs for almost a year. And I was talking to you about this earlier. I would right. bring in the Road Warriors with the express purpose of, like, right. getting rid of the Kangaroos for a while. And I think that that's one of the great things about the game. Like, you know, you can run it however you want to, but for me, and I know there are other people that feel this way too, it's nice to have a more manageable sort of territory-sized promotion. Right. And the wonderful thing is we have so many cards now at our disposal that getting, you know, kind of kicking a team out for a while, letting cycling that talent out and bringing new talent in is very easy to do. Um, and it's just, you know, kind of when you want to pull that trigger. And I think that that's the great thing, right? Like if you've got a team like the Road Warriors that you feel are too dominant, just like Grant was saying, they lose the title, now it's time for them to take a hike. You know, right. Ricky Dozan was somebody who was being, you know, who was just really dominant for me in my in my Central States Fed for a minute. And I, I thought, well, I like having him around. I want to keep him around. He, he had a little feud with Fez, who was my touring world champion at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought legit that he was might take the title from Fez, and that's a perfect way to get him get right. him out, right? right? Well, instead, what ended up happening is he lost to Fez. And, uh, well, actually, he won by DQ and then lost, which was a you know, great way to set things up. Right. And then he lost a match to the spoiler of all people oh, okay. for the Central States title. And after that, I was kind of like, this is actually a great moment for him to maybe go away. Yeah. You know, like he loses the title to a guy that maybe shouldn't be beating him. You know, right. it may, I said that in air quotes. Um, but now... I've got the opportunity to like, okay, I'm going to send him away for a while and he can come back and have this triumphant return if he needs it. And, um, I, I, I like having the opportunity to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a great question, right? Because like, if you have somebody that's being too dominant, what do you do? Right. Um, now Johnny Valentine ended up beating Fez and is now my world champ. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's just great to be able to cycle in people and cycle them out when you need to or finding different spots for them I've told the story before but like with Roddy Piper Roddy Piper was in a few with Bob Groupie he got got injured I didn't really want to send Piper out you know I wanted to keep Piper in so I did the Georgia Championship Wrestling thing where he's holding down the announce desk with Gordon Soley Mm -hmm. and it gives me an opportunity to have him like wisecrack and and be around and and, and still kind of like plant the seeds of maybe a feud that he'll have when he comes back from his injury well, and, and that position is nice too because you're since you're putting him in front of a camera, he can instantly walk into a main event. 
He doesn't right. have to build himself back up. You know, I, I used the Road Warriors um, in my initial AWA fed, and they they were pretty dominant. They had a good feud though with Frank Gotch and Dick Hutton of all people, but they held the belts, and then they dropped them to to uh, Johnny and Greg Valentine of of all mm. teams, but. I, you know, I kind of saw them as like an Andersons type team where they work you over and, and grind you down. And yeah, after that, it's like, okay, I think they need to leave for a little while because to me, having an unbeatable team, it's not, it's not fun and it's hard to book, you know? And it's, one of, it's one of the reasons why I haven't used Gordy and um, uh, 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 Dr. The Steve Williams right. much. Because right. honestly, like looking at those cards, yeah. I, I think that they're stronger cards than the Road Warriors. Yeah. And I think yeah. arguably they, they should be. Right. When you think about yeah. the quality of teams that they were beating and where that they where they were placed on the card usually. Right. But like that's a team that I just haven't brought in yet because yeah, I'm I'm afraid of the damage they might do. Right. right. <laughs> they might lay waste here. And who and who knows though, Sam, they, the, the dice just might not like them. Like that's I said. That's very true. You know, that that's another team that like I ran when I ran my initial tournament, had a couple of buys and you know, the war, Road Warriors got a buy and I think uh I didn't have the the, the Vashans upset a couple of teams. I think I, I had the, the Midnight Express and the Vashans actually upset the Midnight Express in like the second round after you know, squeaking by like the dice that was a team Dice did not like. They they, they got they got out of like the you know, Gordy and Williams got out like ousted first round. It was insane. I was like, I'm like, okay, I booked these guys as like, you know, they were the third seed in my tournament and they lost, mm-hmm. and it was just really surprising. Like that's and that's the one thing. Like if you if you let the dice do the talk and then have to book your way around it, yep. uh, and that's where like the creativity comes into it. It like I was like, oh, okay, well the Shans are my tag team champs, and they they went on a run, and then when they dropped the belts, I'm like, okay, all right, well they're gonna leave for a while, and they're like, you know, I had I think I had the butcher leave for a little while, um, and had that was a perfect transition to like Mad Dog becoming like a singles competitor. I mean, let's face it, that's what would happen a lot of times, right? Like, you'd right. have a team, like, on top holding those belts, and then they'd lose, and maybe they would do, like, a you know a feud on their way out or do the honors right. for another right. team to help build them up. But oftentimes, that's kind of how the territories yep. work, right? right? So, I talk about the Midnight Express. One of the things that I love about the way that those cards are statted is that they're statted that they can absolutely beat any team mm-hmm. without a doubt. And yet, they're not the Road Warriors, right? right? They're not right. the Miracle Violence connection like they they are they are a team that can be your tag champs can even hold the belts for a while but they're also going to lose matches you know right. and i and there's something i really love about that i, I love the fact that they 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 just serve such a great purpose for a fed mm-hmm. yeah, recently grant on his um channels youtube channel he had the midnight express and who was it the uh I remember they sneaked past somebody, was it the Road Warriors or the Miracle Violence? Well, yeah, Miracle Violence Connection I just recently brought in. Okay. And and they, um, I started them at the bottom, like the, the Mulkies first, and then <laughs> there was one other team, but then uh, they got to the Rock and Roll Express, because I was just doing, once, once they win, who's the next ranked up right. team? And, uh, and it was the Rock and Roll Express, and the, they... Miracle Violence Connection won by DQ because of like oh, Robert Gibson yeah. had had done something, but then it set up this great thing where they had a great three match yeah, series. There was uh, another one though with the Midnight Express, like Sam was talking about. I forget who you had them against, and they were being dominated in that match, and then like Cornette got involved. And yeah, I forget, I forget yeah. who. Yeah, 
Um, but I was going to say, I'm try- I was trying to find it here. Uh, I realized early on that, um, or I realized a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Who's really only had two matches in my Fed is Luthez. Okay. And like this Hollywood elite wrestling is supposedly everybody. Right, and, right. And I, I crowned my first champion by having a massive tournament with everybody who was available. Okay. And Killer Kowalski won. And, but I, I, I always look at the stats and I right. see like who hasn't had a lot of, and I was like, oh my God, Luthez has only had, he's like, one win, one loss. You know, like <laughs> the over almost a hundred cards that I've done in this thing. Right. So I go, I'm going to bring him in, and he's going to be like, I'm just going to challenge my way to the top, and I'm going to fight whoever's champion. Right. And so I started him like Nacho Barrera, who right. has the worst record in the Fed, and of course he just kills him. And then I think he beat one or two other people, and I was just trying to look it up to see who it was. But then somebody beat him like instantly in two right. things, and it's you know. I don't know if it was Bob Roop, that, I, that might be my like fantasy in my head, but it was like somebody who was, I think it was, yeah, I don't know. I don't it might have been Roop, because then I remember then you had Roop go on a little bit of a... Yeah, yeah, um, like he was going to go, he was going to take off where, where he left off and, and continue. Um, but it's just surprising how things happen. You just think like, oh, well, he's at least, before he gets into any trouble, he's going to at least have four or five matches. No, he had like two matches, that was it. <laughs> so... I think the saying, what is it, life is what happens when you start making plans, yeah. definitely applies yeah. to this game. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, that, that, that's a similar story to what happened with Bob Backlund. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I think he got beat by a quality, a little bit more quality opponent maybe than arguably Root would be. But I know that, you know, I brought him in. He was beating everybody. Started off with the enhancement guys and then, you know, moved him up the card a little bit. And then I had to have a tournament just because of Johnny Valentine winning the world title. And he was holding my Central State title, so I was like, well, I'll just hold the tournament, I'll throw back one in and see what happens. And he ended up getting beat during the tournament. And, and it was sort of like, he was one of my guys that I thought would go all the way. Um, and Bobo Brazil, surprisingly, was the one that won that tournament. But uh, the nice thing is, is it allowed me to pivot and do something else completely different. Because right. now, instead of going on this singles tear toward the title that I wanted Backlund to be on, I'm having him get involved in tag matches and tag feuds, back other people up okay. so that he doesn't have to, I don't have to take a chance of him losing another singles match, right? right. I, don't, I don't have to start him back off at, at square one. I can get him involved in some of these main event feuds, and then if I want to, I can easily transition out of that and just put him in a title match, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like building him up and, and have, you know, having him win matches and climb the rankings or whatever, which has its place, but right. now I can do something different. Um, or you could just, you know, turn him, you know, you could turn him heel and have him attack. Have you seen Bob Ackland? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, the card, yes. And, I mean, I you got to remember, WrestleMania 11, watch that abhorrent, you know, right. I quit match between him and Bret Hart. So, I mean, you can turn him heel and have him cross-face chicken wing, good old Bobo Brazil. I can't do it. I can't turn Bob <laughs> Ackland heel. Uh, I would have a hard time doing that. So, any other topics of conversation? I think we've solved all the world's problems. Aside from the lack of heat in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the hotel. Slowly for yeah, we can't talk about the hotel. <laughs> One thought I had the other day, and this is more for Champions of the Galaxy, yeah. because it doesn't yeah. really apply for Legends. Uh, I mean, I guess it could. But uh, the other day, and I'm playing 2138, I had a, a tag team match with Evolved, with it, which is uh, Oris, the Unstoppable, and Tarval, the Trapper, uh-huh. versus... Uh, just a makeshift team, Helson and I-Star, uh, I which okay. I-Star is a new new guy. Yep. And um, and I believe this is the combination, but I it, 
Tarval was in the ring with Helson, and then a power move came out. It's like, whoever's more powerful. And I was like, wait a minute, Helson is more powerful than Tarval? And I realized that I'm just basing it on the art. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I just wondered if there was anybody in here, if there was any Champions of the Galaxy character where you're like, based on his art, he should be way strong, you know, just because I, <laughs> I, know, I know that doesn't necessarily mean power, but right. uh, no, I, like, I, is there anybody who, who, who you thought, because like in this instance, I was like, oh, I think Tarval should be stronger just based on the artwork. Uh, well, but if anyone comes to mind. I, I mean, I thought back, you know, the uh, original, original set, Renegade. You know, right, he, he was yeah. like a big kind of buff guy, but yeah, he wasn't he a minus one plus one. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I he was. <laughs> Sam, Sam's our fact checker. But the other thing, and in, in, I don't know how we got on the subject. Tim brought it the other day, and I agree. When the when the stats change between the first five hundred and the second printing, like a lot of guys got worse, and like mm -hmm. Pit Viper went to a C ring rating, and that. Did yeah. not really mesh with the character he was portraying, well, where he was this wild titan. Unless it was just, you know, maybe the view that he was so scientific and he was trying to be wild, but he just wasn't very good at it yet. And, and like, yeah. I, I think that. one power for Renegade. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Well, and I think, like, the idea, too, like, when you mentioned the stat changes, like, the. Like, that Vanity. Like, Vanity was more of, like, a, a mid card, like, a, like, even upper mid, kind of, with the first 500, right. with the stats. And then, you know, which made, which, like, I think it would have been really interesting seeing those stats, like, that, you know, Killer Queen vanity mm -hmm. pairing might actually, like, right, Dark Horse to run, run to possibly win the titles. Right. Give the Greek gods at least a little bit, you know, more so than, like, you know, you had, like, what? Like, you really had four tag teams, right? It was those two. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, those two. It was, like, the Greek gods. It was the um, gladiators. And it was, like... The space croppers, right? Like those were your four kind of teams, right? Yeah, I mean, you had the Titans, you had yeah, a, a Titan team, but one yeah. of the yeah, right, but like those were those were the ones. Well, right. So really, though, it was like you kind of like slow played those, like lowering them down. It was kind of like okay, you have these two like really really great teams, right. and then it's like yeah, no, Vanity and Queen did well for me right. because you know Vanity had a higher pin, and or I mean a lower a pin, pin, and I think. I think another one of his charts maybe changed to C. Yep. Um, so, yeah, sometimes sometimes the, the artwork doesn't fit the stats or just sometimes the stats don't fit kind of the picture you may have in the mind of, of what somebody, you know, would be like. Yeah, you see Vanny's, oh, he's supposed to be like Ric Flair. It's like, eh, maybe he's more like gorgeous Jimmy Garvin <laughs> or even Rick Rogers. <laughs> Nothing against either one of those because I like them both. Well, and that happens to me in Legends, too, because yeah. I'm like, you know, you have your view of wrestling, and right. you're like, wait, this guy should be stronger than, right. he, or, you know, or whatever. Like, he should have a lower pin rating than, right. than whatever. Um, but that's where you can use the home advantage rule or, the, yep. you know, um, any of that stuff. That's so, fine. Oh. Mike, here's a, here's a pitch for a product for online. The original 24 cards... Online in black and white. Yep. You just put them on the black and white with the original stats. Yes. There you go. There you, you got go. PDF well, and print. Not PDF. No, I'm just saying for online. So people really want to use the original <laughs> cards with the original stats. Yeah. Or why not do a reproduction in in, in card form? Well, that would be really that cool. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Reprint the original. Maybe maybe for the 35th Galacticon. <laughs> in, Mike. in black and white. 
Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah there we go. Yeah. I, like, there's nothing wrong with doing a, a repro set. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah. You know, one of the things to go off of what you're talking about too, Grant, is it's always fascinated me because I, I, I've been in this a lot lately for a project that shall not be named, but I have been doing a lot of heights and weights. Right. And man, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at some of the cards, uh, the, the two that just popped into my head just because I was recently doing some of them was Dregs and Grunge. Mm -hmm. um, Dregs is is taller and weighs less than Grunge based off of like the official stuff. Mm. And Grunge is supposed to be five foot eleven and two hundred and forty four pounds. And if you look at his card, like Spell. he looks like he looks like Spell. Iggy Pop. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, it's right, like, come right, on. Right. You know, whereas Dregs looks like this, like he's ripped and you right. know, he's got all this gear on and right. And so that's another thing that I I would like to have maybe reflected a little bit more. You know, we're talking about with the artwork and with the stats and with that sort of stuff. Sometimes, right. yeah, sometimes the artwork doesn't necessarily match up. Right. Um, well, I know yeah. like law, and I mean I think maybe Mark did this with the heights and weights, but like, you know, chaos is seven foot or seven one, whatever. I'm like, right. oh, no, <laughs> yeah. I never agreed with that. I just don't, you know, overkill. Sure. We got to do like a, like I've seen YouTube videos that are all, here's the heights of the Marvel universe. And then it almost oh. has like a police lineup. Oh, so that's cool. That for, uh, there you Champions go. Of the galaxy. And, then that uh, godsend cargo, he'll be the tallest because he's a big <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> you had everybody and then he got cut. Got him. Got him. Speaking of the who should have been more powerful, like just like thinking back to like their cards and like what they look like, I always thought like, you know, the original like Keepers of the Stone, like I would have thought mm. they would just be just this dominating, like, mm. have, like, like both of them, like I mean, if you remember the rogue, rogue looked just cut out of mm -hmm. his mind, and it was like, no, just I mean, they were good. They might get a run for the titles at some point mm -hmm. in your fed, like if the the dice you know break the right way, and mm -hmm. you know you catch somebody on the injury chart or something of that nature. But it was like just, I mean, that was that was what came to mind immediately was like those two. It's funny because that art always reminded me, when I looked at that art, they reminded me of like, isn't it Gimli from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, totally. Where it's like, it, what's his race? I don't know. I don't dwarf. know. Dwarf. Dwarf. Yeah, dwarf. But almost like, because they, they were short and compact. Right. Yeah, that's kind of, or like Puck from uh, yeah, Art of Comics. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, they're taller than that. But right. that's kind of what they reminded yep. me of because their, their art, they just look like these squat guys who were yeah. really powerful, but right. they weren't tall or, you know. Right. right. And right. yet Rogue's official height and weight is 6'3 and a half, 300 <laughs> Nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, that one, and then the, then the other one too. Like I just remember, like when y you know matter and antimatter went into the transvolver. Oh yeah. And they came out as monad, and like I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, this looks. Wait, a forearm card. This could be great. And then like you look at the stats, and you're just like, oh, like. It, and I know the nines. Like I know the pin rating oh, yeah. and the power and everything else was because like. Only two of his arms, two of the forearms had to be pinned. But I'm just like, even when, like, you know, he, he got the, the special edition card uh, later on and they put him, like, that card, like, if you look at him, the, the art, he had the, he had the, you know, he's cut. Mm hmm it's a yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just a willing suspension of disbelief. Right. I did like, right. I did like, that. 
oh, he's, he's higher pin rating because he's got more shoulders. Like, right. Like, to me, that's a hilarious thing. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course. Well, because wasn't he the first guy to have four level three moves on level two? Four on cover? Or did he have just... Do you have he had at least three? That is a trivia question beyond my pay grade. I feel like he, I feel like he had some kind of strange level two setup, yeah. and and that was almost like an offset that you had to do because he's a good gimmick. It's it's good for like a mid card maybe IP champion guy, but do you really want that guy being your heavyweight champion? You know, right? Probably right. not. This might be a little too hokey. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think this stuff is, is fascinating, though, thinking about some of that, because I feel like, I, I do genuinely feel like some of that stuff was fairly arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. You right. know, especially right. those heights and weights. Right. I don't think that there was necessarily a huge thought process behind it. I, you know, I've always been mystified by the chaos thing, like you said. Like, I never thought chaos in my mind's eye should be taller than, than massive. No. You know? No. Um, I mean, if anything, I saw him like a Vader. Sure, like A right. really huge guy, but he could move, too. right. Well, I'm just wondering too, like with those the heights and weights, those like I mean that was a relatively new kind of thing. Like we've got the official heights and weights, but like at the same time, you know, for some of those, like you know, like I mean, some of the cards that have not been redone, you're like looking at them. Where did those like like who pulled those out of thin air? From there the, was an insert in one of the yep. early issues of the promoter, mm-hmm. and I think Mark probably created a lot of them and so I, I honestly haven't gone back and looked to see if those became canon with the color right, right, if, yeah. if they have or not or I haven't compared them Sounds like I also just think I know like Tom if you're talking about the original like the development of the original thing um, as a creator and some of us in here are creators it's like you do something you work on something and like you know the main points that you want to refer back to right. but it's like you're not going to go look up the weight and be like Oh, this person right. needs to be two inches shorter than this person. You know, right. like you just keep creating, yep. right. but that can lead to wild, you know, variations. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, great point. That is very good. All right. So, do you have any questions for us? Oh my! <laughs> you brought us all. Here. Why? Why on earth? Why on earth are you staying in? Cl- no. <laughs> um, who's going to sue me for this? Uh, what do I think? Um. What what appealed to you to to get together? Was was it like the opportunity to to sit down and play tournaments? Is it the opportunity to socialize a little both or or something else? What you know? Because I mean, I, I mean, I've joked before. Like when I used to go to Galacticon, my goal was always to go to Galacticon and not play because mm-hmm. I just like visiting and talking to people and, and stuff. But I mean, there is there's camaraderie and, and fellowship that develops from you know sitting down and playing a match, especially when it takes. You know, nine hours like what Michael and Barry had. They might be best friends and now. You want the you want the thing to end, right? Like, as, as, like in it. Like I was, yeah. Uh, for me, it was cl- it was like close. Like mm-hmm. it was it was the proximity, mm-hmm. right? Like not knowing where Galacticon is going to be, like until what I revealed Friday, November right? the eighteenth. Yes, Silver Game Night. <laughs> so, so the 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 night of when this podcast drops, <laughs> we'll know. I'll know where I need to book my airline ticket to. Not Rio, apparently, because it's in. Todd mm-hmm. did reveal that it's in. The continental the United US. States, <laughs> which is a bummer because I would have, you know, if it was Hawaii, yep, sign me up. I'm there for what the about week. Alaska? <sighs> Flights would be <laughs> real tough out of there, I feel like. Yeah. You know, especially from like Wisconsin. So, 
Um, but no, it's, it was close enough to drive. Like, and it's like one of those drives where it's like, okay, I can, I can do this mm-hmm. on a Friday night after work, mm-hmm. not have to feel like a carcass, like, you know, after waking right. up the next morning and I can wake up Sunday, say goodbye and not feel like I have to like sneak out of town. Like, you know, like a heel trying to like leave the city after, <laughs> like after, you know, leaving somebody a bloody mess in the middle of the ring uh, <laughs> and still get home at a decent time on Sunday. So it was that piece. And I think, yeah, it's the camaraderie piece. Like, I mean, you know, we joke about trying to like, you know, get you to spill secrets like right. for, for the set. And, uh, I haven't yet. Have not. Nope. I mean, you did reveal like six of the, you know, six of the 12 cards. Just six. Just six. So yeah. there's still, and I mean, three, four of them are already out. So we've only got right. two. Mike, right. we, we, we told him to stop and it right. worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what you said. Like, I don't, like near the end of that match, I was like, "Man, I don't want to roll again today." If I don't right. have to, <laughs> it was so long, biggest mistake ever. And then the other tag match ended real quick. Um, so yeah, that would. I mean, that was what brought it for me. I okay. think. Michael. Yeah, the same. That was close um, nearby. Uh, thank you, Sam, for getting me here. <laughs> um, and yeah, just I. Uh, the Galacticon this summer was the first time I had been to a Galacticon. Mm-hmm. It was just. Great, and I had a lot of fun, so I was like, oh, to that opportunity to have that again. And then, you know, we're going to play different things, other games, too, that you mm-hmm. brought up, a mm-hmm. Superstars Wrestling game and yep. some other stuff. And so you brought just, Slam Wars. Yeah. We're going to check that out, bro. Yeah, so just to play some other games with people that I like and enjoy hanging out with and talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of said it at the beginning uh, yeah. that I missed the other stuff, so I came to this. But uh, what's great is... Um, I think everybody in this room I've talked to online, but have never right. met in person. Right. And so we have all talked online. But what's cool is, uh, even if you're you're someone who's like, oh, I kind of don't like meeting people, which is sometimes I am very much like yeah. I don't like meeting people yeah. um, in person. Um, um, we all have a common vocabulary. We can talk. Right. About, we can talk about agility and power. We can talk right. about um, <laughs> you know, and that's a great uh, segue into you know, more camaraderie, as, as you mentioned. So um, I always like that. I do feel um, when you're so used to playing by yourself that it's like it, you take it, you have to recalibrate a little right. bit when you're playing with someone, uh, you know, for the first time. And even, even though I have done, you know, I've done Galacticon events and I have been to a Galacticon and I have played against other people. Even today, I was like, oh, that's right. I'm not playing by myself, right. you know, on my table, <laughs> right. uh, in my loft. I'm playing with other people. So, um, you know, uh, so anyway, but I, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to come out and and hang out. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. fun to hang out with people who know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no matter right. what that is. Right. Sam? Uh, yeah, I completely agree just with, with, with what Grant said because I remember the first time I ever talked to Todd on the phone. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've been on the message boards, the old guest book, the, you know, all that sort of stuff. I had the, the mailing list back in the day with like Yahoo and everything, like or Yahoo groups, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, so I may have talked to people before, but to literally have an actual voice-to-voice conversation was a very different situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's only grown over the past couple of years. But uh, for me, yeah, just the opportunity to get together um, and, and talk is, is the biggest thing. Grant and I, when we were playing the match earlier, we both kind of for a moment got distracted because there was a conversation happening over right. you know, inside <laughs> of the room. We're just sort of like, I want to play, but I want to listen. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so like that, that, the conversation is a huge, huge thing for me. And just mm-hmm. being able to listen and... Um, and even flipping through like some of your cards earlier, like some of the bootleg stuff that you have or some mm-hmm. of the other stuff that I've never seen before, I don't have. It's just really cool to be able to be like, ah, 
this is, you know, this mm-hmm. is something we're talking about. And why, why did you do this? Or uh, have you ever thought about this guy? And, and that sort of stuff is always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and playing, I mean, of course. But um, I think if I, if I had to say yes, it's both. But the conversation right. is, yeah, you know, it, it, I think it takes precedence for me. Right. And see, Sam, while you, you, like that conversation that you were listening to, I was like listening to the matches you were rolling over there and realizing <laughs> as you got through the third match during that marathon match, I'm like, okay, this has got to end. I might have one more pen save. <laughs> nope. Let's roll and see what happens. Could be and a time limit draw on a hair versus <laughs> match. Yes. <laughs> and it was a lot, you know, I will say, not to, again, because the playing was fun, but like, you know, creating our own card, yep. working our own card, having the matches. And then the championship wrestling from Hollywood tournament was so much fun because I felt like we got to use cards that don't necessarily, like I know that there are people out there that use them quite right, a bit, right. but like I, I, I would argue that most of the people sitting around this table don't use them a lot, if right. at all. And so like the chance to do something like that was, was, was wonderful and mm-hmm. getting to play with those cards and um, yeah. I came for the pens. <laughs> and the notebooks. Look, the table Get full your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> there are so many pens in this, the hotel has laid out so many pens that we could each take home five and there would be some left. <laughs> it's, look, all I'm saying is this room is set up for 24 people right. and next year, damn it, let's get 24, 24 people. people. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, <laughs> We'll find somewhere else. We're moving down the river. Um, I think, though, you know, my goal is just bring some folks together. And I would certainly encourage other people just to have a little regional, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't take much. <laughs> Maybe go check out the venue before you book it. Um, but, you know, whether you can find a comic shop, you know, that's what we're able to do in, in, um, in Des Moines when Eric runs his icon, you know, and the, the just... There's not a comic shop in Clinton, you know. I was googling comic shops, and it's like antique stores. That's not gonna work, you know. <laughs> you know and I really picked this place would kind of be equidistant between you know the, the Chicago folks and people come down from Wisconsin and people want to fly across two time zones. <laughs> but um, I really encourage people to to do just small scale stuff like that. It doesn't doesn't take a lot of planning. Just try to talk to a few people around you. Say, hey, can we do it on this date? So that way you can at least get a few people there and, and you know, check with a comic shop or, or a, a local business or something and see if you can... Game store, crash. if you have game stores, yeah, yeah. local game store. Yeah. That's one of the great things about, like, Chicago. Like, yeah. I, when Todd and I were talking and he was talking about bringing it up to Chicago initially, I was just sort of like, look, I know the hotel probably makes the most sense for the number of people and stuff, but right. there's so many game stores in the area. Right. It would be very easy to get a room, you know, for a weekend or something. Yeah. Um, and especially doing something local, like you said, if you're gonna have a smaller group of people, like yeah. yeah. But but would the game store have had the twenty-four hour taco bar? That's the question. Nobody needs a twenty-four hour taco <laughs> bar. No. <laughs> Except we, for that guy that apparently <laughs> needed the twenty-four hour taco bar. The the man who died of dysentery <laughs> from bad salad. He's, he's still on the bathroom <laughs> yeah. floor. <laughs> oh, he must have been up in my uh, up in the room actually. <laughs> Poor Grant has had many rooms here in a short time. What, what is it, three rooms or yeah, four? I'm, I'm on my third room. I haven't even gone in yet. So I'm nervous. So I can share that, you know, when I came by just to get the meeting room, they're like, oh, we'll give you your, your 
rooms ready. Well, we got to clean it up a little bit. And then the maintenance guy comes by and he has a giant Great Dane. And I'm, you know, I'm all about dogs, so I'm petting the Great Dane. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going up to your room to replace the window." I'm like, "Oh okay." He goes, "Yeah, somebody broke through the window and stole the TV." <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of our last will and testament. If none of us make it, you're hearing this now. Yeah. The room that you went into, like the door was open. Yes, well, yeah, yeah. When I walked up to the door of the room, the first room I was checked into, the door was just open. Like, not unlocked, just open. I Which like, oh, I didn't think yeah, most hotel doors even did that. Don't they get automatically yeah, shut? Like this, yeah, this one was open. Yeah. And like, even walking up to it, I go, this door is open. <laughs> and I push and I go, this is where I die. Right in here. The axe murderer is right in right, the door. Right. Uh. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to go home tonight. So. <laughs> Sam chose one. Uh, yeah, I might start walking home. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chad. Thanks. Oh, no, thank, you. Good. thank you guys for showing up. Uh, next year, we'll fight a little better. <laughs> Try to get to a two-star hotel. <laughs> this was this was three, by yeah. the way. What? Yeah, I know. I saw that. I did, I did look. It's, didn't have the worst ratings I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's, it's still no Jamestown Hillside Strangler Motel. Not even close. Right. Not right. even close. You know, maybe maybe next year we just do Waterloo for it. No, there you go. At the best roster. I'm just saying. That's a little more John. But, no, I, I appreciate you guys coming and appreciate people listening. And hopefully, you know, you can get together some local gatherings in, in, in your uh, area and just have fun like we're doing today. But you know what? What? If you can't get together with a local group of people to play Phil Singer Games, you can always come to Phil Singer Games Night on Friday, November 18th. Yes. <laughs> Which will be the night of this this podcast dropping. So please get there. What time is it? wear a certain attire? Uh, <laughs> that's giving a good well, price. Yeah, 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 yeah. You owe $10 five bucks. No, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I have not done my due diligence. I can't remember the exact time. Um, but all the information, of course, is on the boards, and uh, there will be other information. I think it uh, starts maybe 80s. I, I know. I'm, I think that's correct. I might be showing up late because Carter has a wrestling uh, meet that night. So I should, I should know. Away. I want to say 7, but I think that's central. So Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's 8, 7 our time. 8 Eastern. Another reason to attend, though, is I will just say that anyone who's listening to this prior to the, the, to the game night taking place is that there's going to be a, just a load of announcements, including, of course, the site of Galacticon 2023, which will be very exciting. Um, so you'll certainly want that information. There will be the uh, uh, the Indies card, the exclusive uh, Indies card announcement as well. Um, there will be you know other announcements for FTR, uh, the Create Character Contest winner or winners. We haven't talked about this much uh, on, on Roll-Up, but the fact of the matter is we might choose more than one. Oh, um, very so, good. Yeah, it just depends on, on what we get. You, you see that? You see what just happened there? He just broke some news on your podcast. Oh, very good. I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, but no, his show is going to come out before this one for this week. That's okay. Yeah, I probably won't remember that I said this though. So. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You know what? May, maybe we'll do a, a that night's legends announcement. Could be live on the. Game night. I think it's a wonderful idea. I just booked something. I'm not even going to be there. So. <laughs> well, it's you know it's worth noting. Should we? Uh, should we? Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. This can get edited out later. Right. Should we talk about the fact that we're going to do a little crisis on podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So we're going to have um, December, the week of Christmas. It'll be everybody in everybody's stockings for. Let's see. Christmas is the 
uh, Christmas is on a Sunday. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking my work schedule, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I did have somebody ask me this once. This year, it's the 25th. Somebody asked me once if Thanksgiving was Thursday, whatever year. I go, yeah, like every year. <laughs> So, no, I think uh, Friday would be the, the 23rd, so we'll probably yes. drop the 23rd. That week, we're going to record a another joint uh, Uncharted Territory podcast and roll-up podcast, uh, Crisis on Infinite podcast, and we'll be reviewing the year of Legends, and we'll go through and rank our top fives, and it's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be tough. And How many honorable mentions, Chad? Oh, pretty much unlimited. <laughs> unlimited honorable mentions. So I, I enjoyed that podcast last year, so we're going to do it again. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Very excited about that. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yep. So, well, thank you all for, for being here and being, being on thank the you. show. And uh, we're going to peace out and uh, plan, plan our next event and... Try to maybe get them to turn the heat up a little bit. <laughs> Starting to get He's keeping the beverages cool. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But we're not allowed to drink in here, so I can't get warm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. And thank you, Sam, so much for getting that audio to send to me. I got it edited here before uh, we recorded our, our session here tonight. So that's good to go. And, uh, um, you know, Chad, any additional thoughts on the on the River Rumble weekend? It sounded like quite the abode you had there. Oh my god, that place was a fucking dump. <laughs> I mean, now I, I mean it's like you, you were selling it pretty hard. Remember when we <laughs> stayed at the and I mean there like I we pull I pick up Grant in Cedar Rapids, we drive another like hour and a half to Clinton. I pull in, I'm like, oh my god, this place is a shithole. It reminded me of I mean, it wasn't Hillside Strangler Hotel bad, but hotel. it reminded not it, hotel. It was that was uh, no hotel. Okay, <laughs> hotel Holiday Inn. Say yeah. what? Um, it was um, <laughs> right on par with Ramada in pre-remodel bad, okay. and I would say a lateral with the no quality in the two years we had to stay there in the, in the hallway smelled of mm. pee the whole time. Yeah, I, it, like. Yeah, it's it was, and I think yeah. somebody had died in the in the stairwell. <laughs> well, so I'm going to tell you just one story. I don't think I said this on there, but did I say I did I Corey when you listened to it? Did I talk about my the first room I was supposed to get and the window being broken? Tell it again. Yeah, I believe you did, but go go uh, go ahead. So I get there, and I'm you know we're just trying to get the meeting room, and the first meeting room we go into, the lady's like. Oh, is this what you wanted? And I'm like, there's tables on their sides. There's nothing set up. I'm like, no, I don't think this is the room we wanted. So then she takes us to the one next door and it has four round tables and then a long table and 8,000 freaking pens and those little pads of note paper that have like <laughs> four pages of paper on them. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we were very excited about all the pens. Okay. Um, but anyways, I see this guy. Well, first I see this giant Great Dane. Beautiful dog comes black and speckly comes out. And and this guy comes up behind it. And I'm like, oh, may I pet your dog? He's like, sure. So I'm petting his dog and give him hugs and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm here to, uh, you know, are you in room 400? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm here. I'm here on a Saturday to fix your window because somebody broke the window and stole the TV. That's right. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, that's weird. Oh. So um, 
this place was the Ritz. Oh my God, it was the shits, dude. That's a yeah. Ritz, so. so then after a while, I don't know, they decided they could not fix the freaking window because it put me in a different room. Oh man. Um, and then I go in that room, and that room had a whirlpool tub in it, and it had like um tile, and then it met like the hardwood laminate floor. And there was just like this long pile of um. I don't know, like the weather, not weather stripping, like the stuff, the threshold where the two mm. kinds of flooring meet. Yes. Yep. There's just a like a, a big pile of that. <laughs> and it wasn't being used. And I could tell the, the laminate flooring was not flush to the floor because I'm like going, ee, 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 ee. I'm like <laughs> bouncing up and down on it. Oh. I mean, it was a special place. And then the room, the big room where it was freaking freezing. Oh. And the thermostat. <laughs> was a dial where both the tens and the the digits were two dials. <laughs> so, of course, you know, and it was on 61. So, you know what number I put it on, of course. We don't have to say yeah, that. Yeah, I put yeah, it on that, but it, it didn't work. It didn't work. It's still not. So, I go in to ask the lady, and she, like, looks at it, and then she goes and looks at something else, and I'm thinking, and I said to her, well, maybe since this is a partition room, you have to control it in the other one. She So, she goes back into that dungeon, and oh let me know if it gets too hot well shit it never got too hot i wouldn't ask your turn and it still never got too hot so then after we got done with the river rumble round table we went to a sports bar and got some food and on the way out i noticed there was like this little room right off the lobby and it had a nice tv and it was warm and i just said when we're done we're going in there and we just told the lady at the desk i don't know who i can't remember i was going to get the, the car to stuff or something but I said, did she say anything? She goes, she didn't seem to care. I don't even know if she answered. So we just went and that was our meeting room for the rest of the time. Nice. Um, but, you know, it, it gave us something to laugh about. Um, I think next year we're going to shoot for Dubuque, Iowa, which is just further up the river because Emily and Catherine went to a craft fair thing there that weekend. And when I mentioned crafting to Barry's lovely wife, Melissa, he got all excited because she's a crafter and was at the Hobby Lobby the, on Saturday getting all sorts of stuff. So this way it will give, you know, all, all the ladies love to craft. We'll we'll have a co-branded wrestling and crafting event. It'll be freaking amazing. Awesome. And I know better meeting rooms and better hotels in Dubuque. So. There you go. Excellent. So I, I think Clinton was a one and done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um Now, I, I don't think this was clarified in the audio, but why did Grant have to keep switching rooms? Oh, Jesus Christ, superstar. So his <laughs> first room he goes to, and the door is wide open. Like, and I said to him, like, I didn't even think you could That's keep That's always a good sign. Yeah, I didn't think you could keep hotel That's... doors wide open. Like, normally they kind of, they got gravity, they got a thing. Yeah, they're heavy. Yeah. 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 Wide open. So he goes in there, puts his, you know, some stuff down, locks her up, goes, and he goes back up there. He was, I think he was going to go to the bathroom. He goes in the bathroom, and somebody had freaking destroyed the bathroom, the previous tenant. Like, yeah. So he goes to flush. At that point, he's noticed there's no toilet handle and there's no lid on the tank. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if they were opening the door so they could, you know, do an exorcism on the toilet or what the <laughs> hell was going on. You know, this Grant leaves leave, leave the message. So, um, yes. Please. So Grant. Um, he, he asked for a new room. So he gave him a new room. And then honestly, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened with this other room, but then he switched again. 
And then finally he goes, I'm not trying to be a diva, but I can't stay here. I go, I don't blame you. I'm, I don't blame you. So there's a Holiday Inn Express a block away. He called over there, spoke to a lovely woman named Virginia, um, who was a trip in it herself. I, I encouraged him to, based on his tale of Virginia, to maybe make a puppet of her. And she yes. become a, a friend of Toilies or something because she just sounded awesome. And then his we uh, so I took him over there. He was going to run his stuff in, come back down. He goes up to his room. The key doesn't work. So Virginia behind the desk or Ginny to her friends, Ginny um, gave him a different. So he had a total of five rooms <laughs> in less than twenty four hours in Clinton, Iowa. Wow! But I will say every dining experience we had was lovely. Good. We we went to, I can't remember what it's called, some sports bar Saturday night. That was good. We went to Bubba and Mama's Diner on Sunday morning, and it was mm. everything you'd want in a local, local flavor watering hole coffee shop diner. It was fantastic. Yeah, that that's got the right name. You know, when it you did. walk into a place yes. with a name like that, you're going to get yep. some good eats. Because yep. we rolled in about eight fifteen, about nine thirty, all the elderly church crowd started rolling in. So we, it was by that time we knew it was good food. And then, um, where did we go? Oh, then for lunch on the way back when we got to Cedar Rapids, uh, Grant and I went down to this. Um, we just googled sports bar or whatever, and there's this um, uh, Czechoslovakian Bohemian district in in cedar rapids they have a, they have a large museum it's really if you're ever in cedar rapids iowa go to the czech museum it's really cool i went there a couple of years ago for a, a conferencing and they have this like i don't know two block strip of some restaurants and stuff we were walking to this one to lucky's sports bar but then we saw this pizza place that like you know had handcrafted wood-fired pizzas so we pulled in there that was pretty good too. The sauce was a little sweet for my taste. I like a little more spice. It was it was just more like a raw tomato. It wasn't super flavorful, but uh, it was good. So yeah, we had we had good eats along the way, but the accommodations were a little rustic. Michael Brada also had a little issue with his room, and he, he if he cares to share that, he can. Um, so we'll just okay. we'll. We'll just say there were visitors in his bed when he pulled the covers back. So then he decides to sleep in the chair. Oh, <laughs> Michael, yeah. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm like, holy. So I'm oh, I'm lodging yeah. a complaint to try to recoup some funding for our friends because wow, it was not it was not, not freaking cool. Mm, yikes! Yikes! Well, wow. Other than horrid, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than a shit heap hotel, it was great. Good. Good. Good to hear. Well, thank you so much for uh, putting together that that round table and sharing us, with us here on the podcast. So anytime, enjoyed that, and I love Chad's encouragement during the round table of you know getting together and and doing your own you know mini conventions wherever, whenever you can. I think that that was I really loved that that plug there, and uh, just a great reminder of our community here. You know, not only did people from the Midwest make it out to Clinton, but we had Grant making it all the way from the West Coast and. Uh, what an experience for his first time in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I would say, you know, if you're going to do something in your area, just advertise on the boards or whatever, because you yeah. never know, maybe somebody might be traveling for business or something, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, yeah. I'm going to San Diego this summer in June, so, you know, oh. somebody throw a convention. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh. Uh. In Dolphin, Alabama later this spring. <laughs> is, is that near the panhandle? I believe so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you once again, Chad.
and Sam, thank you as well for uh, putting that together. We we could say this was the River Rumble Roundtable wrap up. I like it. That's a lot. Very and, nice. And I would yes. spell that with an R, not a W. You yes. should. The yeah. W which, just which means we it. should make a River Rumble Rumble wrap. Oh, <laughs> next year, next year we'll debut it. That'll be the that'll be the commercial to plug River Rumble 2023. Yes. The River Ooh. Rumble wrap in the style of the Wrestle Rock Rumble. All right. <laughs> well, with that, let's go into our shout outs for this week. Uh, Stu, why don't you kick things off? Thank you, Corey. I just want to make an impassioned appeal. Uh, hey, USA, can we pick one freaking time that we could stick to? Because I have dying here. I have been waking up for a week and a half at 3, 3.30, 3.40. It's killing me. So I just, that's my old man rant of the night or of the week. I just want our government to settle on one freaking time because yours truly is dying here. Uh, whew, other than that, uh, delighted to be together with my friends and good night, Denmark. All right. Well said, Stu. Yeah. Daylight savings always causes some struggles. So thank you. Mm. Tim, shout outs for the week. Well, Stu, unmute yourself for a minute, because I got to ask you about these Washington commanders, you know, who just went out and knocked off the only undefeated team in the NFL when they were an 11 point dog. They did. I mean, how, how good are they looking? Well, it's a tale of two different teams this season. I mean, they were absolutely stick a fork in them. They're done after one and four. And then now they're the semi toast of the town with uh, perennial underdog QB Taylor Heineke once again showing why he's still in the league that he's a roller coaster, but he does win. And this is all, all while the team is in complete chaos with their ownership. And I, I don't know how they're doing this other than Heineke's still got some magic left and the defense is actually playing pretty well. Stu, I think I have an idea because what I is think I, I heard, and this is just a, a rumor, but I heard that Taylor Heineke underneath his uni was wearing an uncharted territory t-shirt and i think if the if the team kicks that up by god they're super bowl bound because all they have to do Stu, all they have to do is go to tkostore.com that's t-e-e-k-o store.com you got all your uncharted territory merchandise you got t-shirts you got hoodies you got sweatshirts you got it all you, but we probably got football helmets out there pretty but i you know they can't wear those because of league regulations uh because they're they're not safe for for you know getting the leather caps crashed into things <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're basically just shower caps That's uh, it. With, with a logo but but we're calling them football helmets and and, and trying to make some money so uh yeah I, I think you know i think that's the reason for the success but that 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 might just be me i think you're right heineke does wear some little like skull cap underneath that's probably ours that, that there you go there you go i do know for an absolute fact that when the Minnesota Vikings paid the Buffalo Bills this weekend, they were wearing Uncharted Territory <laughs> podcast t-shirts on there because Pike Mojo's from Minnesota. Corey lives in Minnesota. Yep. I live close to Minnesota. I was born in Minnesota. And yep. we sent them all shirts. So that's why they came back to beat the Buffalo Bills. Yes. You know what? Book My it. Danish ancestors settled in Minnesota. There, there you go. go. There you go. How did you, you know, get the, to Virginia? The, the, well, the winters were too cold. My great great grandmother was not very was not doing very well, so they moved to Virginia to escape the winter. Really? Now all you do is complain about the heat during the summer. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you got it. I could have been your neighbor. Wow. There you go. 
could have been my best. I, I will say that it's it's great that the Buffalo Bills have been involved in like the game of the year the last two years in the NFL. I just wish yeah. they weren't zero and yeah. two in those games. Yeah, yeah. So here's a story. I'm coming back from the River City Rumble. I'm, that was I'm, the River Rumble. You you just said River City Rumble. Damn! I was just seeing if you guys were listening. I was coming back from the River Rumble. I was road tripping from the river. It was my River Rumble road trip return. Were you ragging for the road trip on the River River, river Rumble? I, I it, it was I was ragged. Um, and I called Troy Peterson to talk about something IPW or TNT Hall of Fame related, and he goes, "I'll call you back. The game's on." I'm like, oh, "Okay." So then I'm driving and driving and driving. And then he calls me back. He's like, oh, God, we lost this game. It was fourth in inches. We didn't get the touchdown. So maybe they'll get a safety now or something. And all of a sudden he's like, wait, what? What? I got to go. So then I stopped to go to the bathroom and, and get a little treat. Got some, got an ice cream sandwich, I think. <laughs> and then I see Corey texted the our, our group and said, what a game. I'm like, so I get in the car and I almost choked on my ice cream sandwich because I Googled it and it said we won in overtime. I'm like, how did we even get to what happened? So then Troy calls me back and I heard the, all the news about the game. So what a game. Well, and I, yeah, I didn't I, get to watch much of the game because we had, we had car trouble. I had to go, we had to get our battery out of the car, the one car, cause it died. We had to go take the battery to the battery store, get a new battery, but they said, well, let's make sure it's not totally dead. So we had to wait about 45 minutes while they attempted to charge it. So my son and I were driving around listening to the game on the radio. And uh, by the time we got back to the battery store, the game had just ended. They just, just gotten into overtime and just wrapped it up. Um, so I didn't, I'm like, this, this must be fun to watch too, but it was fun listening to the radio because the radio announcers are a little more partial to the Vikings and anything that was against them. They're like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I didn't know you could say that on the radio. <laughs> But it was yeah, it was a fun game. Even just listening to it, it was a lot of fun. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, so back so back to my shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we took a second. Sorry, not a we took a we we took a left turn. It's so un, unlike us on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to thank the uh, Great Lakes uh, Brewing Company of Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio, for providing me with this fine Christmas ale that I am drinking wow. this evening. Um, I love it when their their Christmas stuff comes out. Their Christmas ale is very good. I also like the amber that they do called Elliot Ness. It's a great beer. I've had that. Um, good. Wanted to uh, to plug the Phil Singer Games Fun Night coming up on Friday. Uh, if you're not signed up, sign up. Uh, th- this episode will likely drop uh, before that the game night starts. So because uh, Corey gets up in the, early in the morning and, and drops it before I'm even awake. So um, so uh, enjoy enjoy yourself there. And then I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be uh, we'll be back here next week with episode uh, 109. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tim. Chad, shout outs. Oh, boy. I'd like to, t- to uh, thank everybody who attended River Rumble. Um, it was a good time was had by all. And I appreciate everybody who showed up. And uh, people brought some, some fun stuff. Grant shared his, um, his uh, new championship wrestling cards and and uh michael brada has some cool stuff so thank you everybody for attending and thank you for putting up with the somewhat um what would i say shitty conditions thank you um i'd like to give a a shout out to everybody who listened and commented last week let's see we have mt emperor scott the flash norton troy pariah vegas vegas we hope you had a good trip to new orleans and seeing the nwa show 
even though uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical about them putting the belt on on Tyrus. That's, you know, Rick it's Flair, hard times, man. Rick, Rick Flair, Harley Race, freaking Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, and Tyrus. Hmm, whatever. Uh, hey, let's see who else commented. Neely Bob, the faction Jared Balls. I, I apologize for the audio difficulties. I explained those in the thing. That was totally on me. And Torch to Boy, Grant Pachoco. It was great to hang out with you this weekend. And everybody stay safe and be excellent to each other. Thank you, Chad. Uh, glad you guys had fun at the River Rumble. And uh, yes, uh, Tyrus is NWA champ. You know, I, I loved him as Brodus Clay. And, you know, I think he's a talented wrestler, but well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, I want to give shout outs to our fellow Phil Singer Games content providers, two of them featured on this episode. Of course, uh, Sam, Todd, and Mike over at Roll Up, the official podcast of Phil Singer Games. Grandpa Choco at the Solo Promoter YouTube channel, Steve Tower at After Further Review on YouTube, and happy birthday uh, yesterday to Steve, uh, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling on YouTube, Lee Longpre in the Dizzy Dice Podcast, Brock Atkinson at Brockster Builds on Twitch, and Brock and Mike's Phil Singer Games Character Spotlight. Thank you, promoters, for putting together such great content. And I wanted to give kind of a little special story here, calling kind of this the end of an era and also a new beginning in a sense. Uh, so a little bit of background on Saturday, my children and I headed over to Southern Southwest Minnesota. Uh, every year we purchase a pig, not for a pet, but to eat. We get a whole pig with pork products uh, from a local farmer. Savages. It's, it's yummy. Um, I'm just joking. I know. But so we make this trip, it's about two and a half hour trip. And I thought, well, you know, we're not just going to drive, get the meat and then and just go straight home. We're going to make a little day out of it. Give my wife some time to work on some of her things at, at home and, um, it wasn't too far from New Ulm, Minnesota, where I went to college. So we, we made a little trip over to New Ulm. Uh, as we were there, um, the alumni relations director was just walking by. I told him who I was, and he gave us kind of a mini tour of the, of the college, uh, which was very unexpected. Gave us some free swag. Very nice. And then I wanted to take my kids out to eat. So we went to downtown New Ulm to the lamplighter. Chad, you remember the lamplighter? I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, yeah. You remember the lamplighter? Though, right? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, That's right. okay. Oh, no. Well, so we get down there and I see the awning. It's got a kind of a well-known green awning in New Ulm. And, you know, the lamplighter awning is up. But it's looking a little dark inside. Walk to the door. It says lamplighter is closed. Please check out uh, the Kaiserhof or 209 Bar and Grill. I'm like, well, that's okay. That's that's sad to see. And, you know, it didn't say any details. Is it closed for the weekend? Is it closed for some renovations? Um, Kaiserhof, I'd been to before, loved it. I, I didn't know if my kids would like it. I'm like, well, let's, I Googled 209 and, you know, found some info on it. Looked good. So I walk over there and we sit down and start looking at the menu. And some of the items are labeled the lamplighter, such and such, like the lamplighter cheesecake and the lamplighter burger and all this. And I'm looking at some of the wait staff. They're wearing lamplighter shirts. So, I, of course, I had to ask. I said, well, is the lamplighter closed for good? And she said, yeah, we had a fire over Labor Day weekend. Oh, no. Yeah. And the owner at 74 years old decided it just wasn't cost effective to try to reopen even with, you know, insurance help and everything else. But the 209, it was a different restaurant before. And they just happened to be for sale at the time lamplighter had the fire. So, the owner bought this place, renamed it the 209 Bar and Grill. And is basically bringing over the lamplighter menu. So the original lamplighter is closed, but the memory will go on hopefully for a while. And uh, uh, it was an excellent meal. It did remind me of the lamplighter, and uh, it was it was it was sad not to eat in the original lamplighter, but 
great that my kids could get to sample uh, uh, what we used to enjoy. And they still, Chad, if you remember the waffle fries with the sour cream dip, oh, they yes. still do. Yes, they still do have that on the menu. Thing. Oh, good. Yes. So it was a great, great time overall and great, great food and great to stop by New Alm for a little while. Yes. I have one final thing we need to talk about here. Please. So I'm looking on the boards and there's a, a voting on cake or pie. Which do you like better? So I, I, I'd like to take an informal poll mm -hmm. now that we've survived another election season. Tim Dalton, cake or pie? I'll take one of each. Very good. <laughs> but if you could only have one, what would you take? I, can I get half pie and half cake? No, no. Yeah, you only have one. It, is, is cheesecake a cake or a pie? Uh, ah, see, yeah, it's a, it's a hybrid. there's gray area i i would say that's let's let's keep it under cake because not all cheesecake is shaped like a pie piece true. sometimes it's square yep that's true that's a good point chad i'm i'm probably gonna go pie all right very good Stuart lowry hands down pie all right Corey. no doubt no question pie we had pie at our wedding reception instead of cake we are four for four on uncharted territory we love pie Woo! Woo! peace out bitches piece of pie <laughs> all right well thank you chad yep great way to end that episode. Corey. yes Stu. one quick question so let me make let me make sure i understand this the, the owner of the lamplighter yes. is now the now open 209 that's correct Correct. Yeah. And keep in mind, the fire, like I said, was late. 74. Yeah. Yeah. And he, well, it was funny because as the waitress is telling me about the lamplighter closing, you know, she's like, oh, he's 74, you know, but I'm like looking around. I'm like, well, what's all the lamplighter stuff doing here? And she goes, oh, he bought this place. <laughs> so, oh, uh, you know, that is an industrious 74 year old man. And Holy the thing, smokes. you know, he did this in like two months or less than two months. I don't know when 209 opened, but. It, I just want yeah. to make sure I heard that right because that, that, that is impressive. Yes, yes. So, yeah, if, if uh, promoters, if anybody's in the New Ulm area, uh, you know, stop on by 209 Bar and Grill. I highly rec recommend it. All right. Now I think we can finally wrap up for this week. Uh, thanks so much, promoters, for clicking, listening, and downloading. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Hey promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash u-n-c-t-e-r. Again, tinyurl.com backslash u-n-c-t-e-r. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us either audio or a written question at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Want to show your friends that you listen to Uncharted Territory? Well, head on over to our store at tkostore.com slash collection slash uncharted hyphen territory 
You can choose from a shirt or hoodie with Travis Heckle's great podcast cover artwork, or a shirt with a design inspired by one of our favorite bands. While there, check out the other great merchandise at TKO, including shirts of several of the top MMA fighters, including Bigfoot Silva, Tim Sylvia, Ensign Inouye, and more. Need a shirt made for your event or organization? Contact TKO, run by Filsinger Games promoter Justin Bulka, aka Pike Mojo, to place your order. Again, that's TKOstore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. saw this as the River Rumble Roundtable due to my love of alliteration. And we can certainly, uh, you know, bag on the hotel or whatever else we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did you want to lock it before she comes in? Where nope, don't yeah, care. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right behind yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, she comes in and check the heat again, like, we're we're expecting them to be making some meal back there or something. Well, <laughs> she walked up there like she thought she could go through, and then I think there's a wall or something. It does a double, yeah. There's a double door because yeah. I walked up there, and then apparently there's a phone on the other side because the sign says, like, don't use that. It's employee-only phone. <laughs> well, isn't there a restaurant Yeah, over there? Yeah, but I don't know if it's open. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they had karaoke going on. That was what it was last night. Oh, you were in there? No, we weren't in there, but like we heard it. And <laughs> okay. my wife goes, it's ah, entertainment. Like, you and that was when I take my wife into such an establishment. <laughs> that was I like, mean, you let her stay here. <laughs> that was <laughs> No, no. You, like, she I offered to come, and this is where. Like, no, I didn't force you. <laughs> This is, this is my you suggestion. You can't blame this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can blame some of it, but not all of it. You I could have been like, you free well. You could have checked out and said, hey, Chad, this place sucks. I was going to, I was not going to, I don't run, I, I wanted you, I allow people to make uh, their no. own misjudgments We're fine. about things. We're fine. All right. Why don't you hit play? Oh, I did that a while ago. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, put this in as an Easter egg. <laughs>